All right, ladies and gents. So for this podcast, I had my boy Gabe on. You can follow him on Twitter at G-A-B-E-P-L-U-G-U-E-Z. I did one recording before this, and my dumbass said S. <laughs> uh, but he is a fitness coach, so please go ahead and give him a follow. Uh, but for this conversation, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about Christ. We talked about uh, Donald Trump. We talked about uh, consistency and how motivation is garbage. Um, just a whole bunch of other things. But just tune in, and I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did. What's up, my guy? What is up, brother? How have you been? I've been chilling, brother. Let me just adjust this audio really quick. But I, I've been chilling. I've been chilling, man. How, dude? It's been a fucking minute, dog. Hell, oh, man. I, I feel like what, what has been almost a year since uh, since that first episode. Yeah, it's been a year. I think right now, um, I, I'm, I might be like one or two off, but I think I'm like 55, 56. So welcome back. I, I appreciate you coming back. Let's on, go, brother. Dude, that's awesome. I appreciate you having me back here. I'm glad that you're uh, you're doing this, and the setup looks like all improved. You're looking <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you, man, bro. So fucking losing weight, man. Just trying to get them fucking gains, son. Let's go, dude. I'm pumped, man. I'm already pumped up for the first like 30 seconds of talking to you. Dude, I know, man. Honestly, to this day, like I've, I've had a lot of people on, but you're still hands on like top, like my favorite people to have on. So again, let's I, go. I appreciate you coming on. How was your Valentine's Day, man? Dude, my Valentine's Day uh, was good. It was fantastic. You know, I... Um, I usually start Valentine's Day like the day before, right? Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, my girlfriend used to joke around like the day before, she said, you know, are you going to ask me to be your Valentine's? <laughs> and I noticed, I noticed this, you know, trend kind of in like the middle of our relationship, like those middle years. And I'm like, wait, you know, she's joking, but, uh, you know, it really does kind of reveal like how important it is to be just constantly pursuing her, mm -hmm. right? And how important that is just to kind of keep the fire alive. And so I remember that. Um, you know, this year again, and, uh, you know, I, I had this whole setup where, you know, I formally asked her to be my Valentine's, yeah. <laughs> you know, the day before, and then we went out to a really nice dinner last night and just enjoyed each other company. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this really quick too. What do you think about people asking, uh, like to be Valentine's personally? I, I'm probably a little stubborn on that, honestly. So I'm like, well, like if they're my girlfriend, right? Like if they're like somebody mm -hmm. I'm like not talking to, I'm just like, I mean, I guess I'll. I'll do that or whatever, but what do you, what do you think on that personally? I don't know. I mean, it depends. Are, are you, are you single right now? Or are you uh, right you now? I'm single. Yeah, dude. I fucking uh, like a few days before, like one of my like exes was like, Hey, yo, you free. Like I, I felt like a side hole, bro. <laughs> It's like, I'm the bitch here. It's like, damn masculinity in the yeah. girls, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, from my experience and some of the things I've learned, it depends where you're coming from, yeah. right? Because whether you're single or you're in a relationship, it is productive to be in pursuit of the woman, mm. right? Like I, I talk about this quite a bit uh, with the guys on my team who work with me who are in relationships, mm. uh, even if they're married, right? And I talk about how the masculine role in a relationship is to love that woman, right? Like God loves the church, mm. right? Like this unrelenting, overflowing, ruthless mm. love, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, so I tried to, I try to emulate that in my relationship. So I will do things like pursue her, mm. right? And ask her to be my Valentine, if that's what that means, mm. right? I think the problem most guys make and 
especially being single, you could probably see this like even clearer where you mm. see other single guys doing this is that when they think about, you know, this masculine urge to like pursue mm. and to give and to love, right? That's what we want to do. We're givers as men. Um, a lot of guys go about that the wrong way and they end up chasing mm. and they end up begging. Yeah. Right? They end up like wagging their tail. And that doesn't help anyone, right? Because the guy feels demoralized, right? Mm. You get knocked down a rung on this masculine hierarchy that we have. Mm. Plus the, the, the woman feels like, oh, this, I'm not being, you know, led. There's not a masculine energy being, mm. you know, taken care of in this relationship. So it just kind of leaves everyone confused and satis- and unsatisfied. And uh, I think that's where most guys make the mistake. What do you, what do think, you think, Um, like the right balance is because... I, I do agree in the chase, right? But then I also believe like some people like fall like let's say like for like uh, just example sake, right? Like into the beta route and they start like worshiping their girlfriend. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Where, where do you think the fine balance is like right there? Because I know you're yeah. not. You're the fucking alpha. You're the fucking king, bro. But I do see a lot, especially out here in Cali, bro. I'm just like I feel bad, but I'm like a bunch of y'all are pussies, bro. You know. Yeah. So what, yeah. what do you think about that? The the line is when you don't have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, this comes back to like a perversion of the masculine urge Mm -hmm. because it's masculine to want to pursue. It's masculine to want to give. It's masculine to want to be the breadwinner and provide and give her everything, right? But when there's no boundaries, then you're not providing, right? Mm -hmm. You're being used. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think a lot of the guys are like, oh, all all circumstances, Mm -hmm. any circumstances, you can do whatever she wants. You know, I'm there. (laughs) Yeah, bro. I've been down that path myself too. Mm -hmm. Or it's like the classic thing, like high school, right? Where, Mm -hmm. you know, um, kids, they'll get their first serious girlfriend. And I'm talking about this because this was me (laughs) in high school, right? And um, they like stop hanging out with their bros. You know, they stop watching the game. They stop, you know, just taking time for themselves. And that's just, you know, it's, it's, that's a lack of boundaries, yeah. right? It's a lack of boundaries. Um, so that can get as perverted as you can imagine, mm-hmm. right? Where like, you think of the worst, the worst case scenario where like the girl seeing another guy or something. And yeah. He's like, it's cool. You know, no boundaries. Love you anyway, honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> uh, so it's dude. a slippery slope. Dude, I feel bad saying this, but I'm going to say it because I have no fucking boundaries in this podcast no more. Dude, I know people that are like, again i feel bad saying this but like let's say like they're they're like with somebody right and like they get like cheated on the the girlfriend or wife or whatever ends up like smashing another dude and like Mm -hmm. they get pregnant by it and like oh whatever baby i love you so much i'm like no why would you do that like dude it it tears my fucking heart apart i'm just like i mean i don't even understand like the pain that you're going through but to allow yourself to have like that disrespect towards yourself is is fucking terrifying and i think i think that's that's, in my opinion, that's probably one of the true pandemics, aside from, like, obesity and shit. That's that's yeah. up there, dude. What do you think about, like, everything, like, it's not masculine as it was before. And obviously, I'm still working my my journey on to becoming more masculine and everything. Yeah, it's, we all are. Right? Yeah, like, it's it's a journey, yeah. right? And it's, I feel like it's a... It's it's a, it's a part of you wanting to unprogram the shit you've been taught as a kid. Because for whatever mm-hmm. reason everyone's it's sim city bro like half the country is fucking yeah. simpy i feel yeah. like the only people that aren't simping are like the fucking farmers in missouri and shit and that's because they got the old school um traits yeah, you know yeah. so what do you think about that i mean it's no doubt that it, be- it has become more and more prevalent and we were probably talking about similar things last year mm-hmm. but 
it's almost like normalized now. And where I think that comes from in, in all cases, right? Cause you're talking about men being soft, not just like in their relationships with women, mm-hmm. but also in how they carry themselves throughout the day, mm-hmm. how they treat their bodies. Right. I think it's a, it's, it always comes back to a lack of strong values, mm-hmm. right? A lack of strong values. Cause what do, what are values, right? Values are these beliefs that we hold that become decisive in our actions, decisive in our lives, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Like I believe cheating is wrong. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, right? Like, even if she would never find out, I still wouldn't cheat. It's decisive. Mm-hmm. Right. But when people don't have strong values, the lines get blurred. So they're able to be swayed more easily. Mm-hmm. Okay. By others who have bad intentions, like the government and a lot of the crap that's gone over the last two years, yeah. right? Like the media, they're able to be swayed by others and they're swayed by their own impulses. Mm-hmm. Those two things. So I think that's where the foundation of the problem lies. Mm-hmm. People who don't have strong values are easily swayed by others and their own impulses. And so you end up with people encountering one ounce of adversity in their life, mm-hmm. right? Like COVID, the pandemic, people getting sick, right? And they automatically follow blindly <clears throat> and they default to whoever's trying to sway them. Mm-hmm right? Which in this case was the media, the government at large, mm-hmm. right? Or they automatically surrender to their desires, right? Like a, a, an inherent human desire is to be comfortable, right? All humans have that desire, right? At some level. And the people who didn't have strong values defaulted to comfort over the last two years, mm-hmm. right? So now, you got McDonald's paying people 500 bucks just to apply. Yeah. Because they're so comfortable chilling on their couches. Yeah. I think that's where the core of the problem lies. No, yeah, a hundred percent, dude. And that's been a challenge that like I've had personally. So I've never had like a challenge, at least not over like the past few years. I mean, again, take every situation as you can. I just chose to come out of it in the light, right? So, I mean, I changed my mm-hmm. whole fucking fitness around. I was like, fuck that. Yeah. I let myself slip because mm-hmm. of all the fucking drinking, all the degeneracy that, that I fucking had, like a piece of shit. Um, and I was like, it's time to undo those sins, bro. So, I just I just, yeah. I just, just pummeled it. But my thing is, um, so I'm very, I'm very good with the gym. I'm very good with the podcast. But mm-hmm. if I'm being honest to myself, I still have free time and I'm still like in the comfort zone. So, I still fall victim to that and i'm like i I take care of what needs to be because i programmed it into like myself right but i still have i i feel like i could be doing more bro i feel like i'm slacking son yeah yeah dude this is like the perpetual problem with guys like us right because we meet guys like us like in our circle guys who share similar values and we're grinding right we're all trying to be our best in certain areas of our lives Mm -hmm. right we're all getting in our best shape we're all trying to be our best financially or Mm business-wise we're trying to practice our craft excellently which is why there's like a night and day difference from the first episode of your podcast Dude, to the production yeah. you're putting out now yeah right we have this drive and then it's like <clears throat> even more frustrating when we know we're not meeting that standard in one other area mm-hmm. right like these are the guys who come to me the guys who come to me for fitness help they are not snowflakes dude <laughs> like, if you follow dude, me yes. you are you are not a snowflake right and so they come and they're like gabe you know Dude, I'm so unmotivated. I'm so undisciplined. I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You own a business. 
you you've been with your wife for 20 years you have mm. five kids you're not unmotivated you're not undisciplined mm-hmm. right but we're falling short in this one area of our life and it's like oh my gosh what do i do and i think at the end of the day that also comes back to a lack of strong enough values right mm-hmm. Because the reason you start to make changes is when you get clearer on your values, you understand what's at stake. You, you start to know, here's the value of being in good shape. Here's the value of making money. Here's the value of putting on an excellent podcast, right? But if you can't perceive the value of doing something else, whatever that other venture is, well, it's because you don't understand enough why that's important, right? Mm-hmm. So I get these guys who have pretty strong values and they've been pretty excellent in their family life and their business. And they never were able to grasp really what's at stake with their health and with their fitness. Mm-hmm. Right? They never had that conversation beyond, yeah, I want to look better beyond. Yeah. You know, I want my wife to think I'm more attractive beyond. Yeah. I want to feel stronger. Right. So when you get a deep understanding of the values, then that becomes more decisive in your actions, mm-hmm. right? Does that, does that make sense? No, yeah, of course, bro. Um, I just think I, I was just like I was just like thinking back right now to like last year. Like I was paying attention, right? But like truth be told, I was just like reflecting back. I'm like, you just sound so much more like sure and more like confident because you were confident and passionate before, but now you seem more sure. I don't know how to explain it. Has anyone told you that? Just Jack or anybody? Dude, uh, props to Ryan too, by the way. He's the one that had that um, that situation, right? Where he was like, he wanted to be better for uh, for his wife, right? He didn't want to settle. Yes. I think that's important because I know so many people that just give up, bro. And I'm like, it's frustrating mm-hmm. to me. Um, pr- shout out to him too, by the way. That's that's fucking badass, man. Dude, that's awesome. Like he he just freaking killed it. Yeah. He came from a situation where. Like he literally hopped on like this first Zoom with me and he's like, bro, my wife is, um, she's a ballerina, like professional ballerina oh, shit. in amazing yeah. shape, right? Like you can only imagine. Yeah. He's like, dude, and I'm just, I'm just the average Joe. Like I can't have that. Yeah. I can't have that. And I was like, dude, let's freaking do it. And he got jacked. But that, again, that's like before we did anything together, the fact that I saw that value mm-hmm. in his eyes. I knew immediately, oh, this guy's going to crush it. He mm-hmm. knows why it's important. Like, he, that's it. That's all you need, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. He had that uh, that underlying factor, that, that drive, right? I, I want to ask you this too. What do you think is um, – let's say most people are comfortable, right? Which, I mean, that's mm-hmm. the reality. How can you impose adversity into yourself so that way you can you can instill a drive if you don't have that motivation, like you don't have that hot wife, you don't have the competition of other dudes? Right. How can someone just like put their pummel themselves, right? Essentially, so that way they can yeah. they can come out stronger. They don't let that adversity beat them down because you have two choices. Uh, I hate saying it, but the left kind of just let themselves fucking sink because they're a bunch of pussies, yeah. and then the right yeah. is is super yeah. accountable, right? And it, it's like I mean. I, I'd like to say I'm a mixture of both, right? Because the left has some good points, but they, they just lead off of emotions. And I'm like, do you want to get results or do you want to just, yeah. you know, Talk do you want it. to destroy the country? I'm like, whatever yeah. you want, bro. <laughs> Take your yeah. fucking pick, you know? Yeah. I'm about to dye my hair blue and join Antifa today, dog. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shit, I'm about to start crying, quit the podcast, and ruin my life, dog. <laughs> yeah. Dude, how do people 
impose so you're asking like how do people deliberately impose adversity if they catch themselves yeah in a comfortable situation mm -hmm. right? like pummeling yourself at the gym right like just beating yourself to like oblivion like obviously you still want to be like functional for the following day but like enough to like put yourself in a different mental spot right because that that does weigh on you but i guess aside from that right i, I don't know if there's anything you think of the top of your head that was just an off-the-cuff question yeah yeah no 100 percent. like when i get this all the time where guys you know they're like dude i i've always made good money mm. happy life happy wife yeah right things are going perfect but i know i'm not the man i need to be yeah so what should i do Right? And from there, it's a very simple equation, right? You already have the value of I need to self-inflict adversity so that I can, you know, deliberately get stronger. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to overthink it, right? You don't want to overthink it. What is adversity? I don't know the dictionary definition, but adversity from my understanding is struggle, mm -hmm. right? That is something that you are forced to go through, right? Something that's like put upon you, exactly. a challenge, mm -hmm. right? So you can put deliberate challenges upon yourself, right? So I would say, test yourself. Physically is the easiest way, the most practical way, because you're mm -hmm. in complete control. It's also safe, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's a direct growth factor from it. There's a direct adaptation. You get stronger, you get more muscular, mm -hmm. right? And so I would say, set some type of physical goal, okay? Obviously, what I do is specialize in the gym, specialize in lifting that mm -hmm. has the highest transfer to your actual physique and strength. But mm -hmm. it doesn't even have to be that necessarily. Right? Maybe you set a goal that I'm going to be able to sit in an ice bath for four minutes. Have you done that? <laughs> I've done just about over four minutes, Fuck. which is I'm a pussy. Is, I'm going to go dude. to the left for that one. I just kidding. I would try it. I would try it. Yeah. Dude, try it. Try it. Because the ice bath is so cool because what, what we're talking about, putting yourself through adversity. Mm, that's a good one, the though. Ice, the ice bath is like, in four minutes, is worth Fuck. like four months of physical challenge in any other realm. Yeah. Like we talk a lot about the gym. Start getting in the gym, right? Challenge yourself. The ice bath. That's a good you mental can, one. You can experience that adversity in minutes, right? Because the instant that you get in the ice bath, it is so unbearable that your body starts to have a panic attack. Right. Mm. Like imagine falling through the ice on a lake. You Fuck. you all of your muscles would tense up. Your heart would double in its rate. Yeah. Right. And you do everything you can to get out of the lake mm -hmm. right, to survive. Same thing happens that first few seconds when you're in the ice bath. There's this insane stress response. OK, if you if you've ever had an anxiety attack where you're literally sweating, your heart is beating out of your chest. You can't breathe right? You feel like your head's going to explode. Mm -hmm. You feel this pain in your chest, right? That's a response to stress. That's a response to built up emotional stress over a certain period of time past what you can tolerate, right? Yeah. The same exact thing happens the first 30 seconds of an ice bath, right? Fuck. And so you're forced to learn how to handle that stress, okay? You're forced to learn how to handle that stress, right? And it doesn't just teach you how to handle that stress, but it builds the belief that you're capable of handling that stress, right? But the first time you go in an ice bath, you're going to get in, right? Hopefully you do it with somebody who's done it before so they yeah. can encourage you. But you get in and you're thinking, oh, I can't do this. This is unbearable. This is not something I want to do. Mm -hmm. Is this even safe, right? You feel your heart beating like crazy. And you get to kind of that 30-second mark where most people either break or stay in, 
Mm. And uh, if you stay in, you start to realize, oh, I'm in control of this stress response, right? I'm not a victim to my environment. I'm not a victim to my circumstance. I'm mm -hmm. not a victim to my surroundings, not even my physical surroundings, right? I'm in control of how I feel. I'm in control of how I handle stress. And after that, like first 30 seconds, once you break through, the rest is easier, mm -hmm. like literally easier. There's a certain point you don't want to stay in because yeah. it's not safe. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what point that you is. You don't want to get hypothermia, um, dude. Right. Yeah. But I, I think <laughs> that if you can make it past a minute, you could probably make it to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. Because all you need to do is get over that adversity just one time. And then yeah. you're just there. That's your new normal. I think that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, have you heard of Wim Hof? Yeah, that dude's a fucking G, bro. He's living proof that it is more mental than it is physical because you always need both. But that is this number fucking one. But to be able to climb, uh, climb Mount Everest barefoot in his fucking underwear. What did he take? Just a bottle of vodka? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what he did. I was like, you're a G, bro. And then him breaking world records of being underwater and like, I, I'm just yeah. like, Damn, son, it really is all yeah. mental. But I think I I need to fucking pop my cherry with that because I've been yeah. I've been a bit. Have you ever done like a cryotherapy chamber? No, I haven't. I haven't. You went the old school way, huh? Yeah, yeah. And it, you know the funny thing was that my my introduction to an ice bath was was funny because I met up with uh, Jay Azeltine, mm. probably see him on Twitter, Jungle Jay, right? Uh -huh. In uh, Austin, Texas. I was just visiting Austin. And, uh, you know, he hit me up. He's like, let's get a workout in together. And, um, you know, I show up to the gym. It's this awesome powerlifting gym. Nice. And we're working out. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, they got the ice baths in the back. I'm like, oh. Oh, geez. shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I was not expecting an ice bath. Yeah. Dude, I was freezing because I was in Texas and it was like 32 degrees. I'm not used to that. Like, oh, fuck. literally, that's, if you're not used to that, that's, that's horrible. That's yeah. Like, from a Floridian, like, you're like, dude, I do not want to be outside. Yeah. And I'm like. Well, you know, we're doing an ice bath today and we're working out with a few other guys, uh, Chris back, Chris Mack, Nate Barber, um, Shane, and we're working out and they're talking about the ice bath. Right. And in the back of my mind, you know, I'm starting to freak out a little bit because mm -hmm. right? I'm like, dude, I don't <laughs> like, and I, I don't, and I'm not, you know, I'm somebody, I'm, I feel like, of course, obviously I'm the type of guy who has high level of mental fortitude for yeah. sure uh, that i've done obviously right and i know this but i'm like oh, dude i don't want to do this yeah right? we're still human at the end of it all yeah. yeah like at the end of it all right when it's on the line i was like dude i, I do not want to do this yeah and so the workout's coming to an end and uh chris mack who's an amazing leader he starts talking to me about the ice bath and he's telling me that the ice bath it's going to be something that teaches you more about your mind mm. than any other physical task that you can do. And he's speaking about it with such conviction, mm. right? He's like breathing this fire into me and I'm like, whoa, mm. okay, let's do this. Right. And so we walk outside, um, onto the deck where they have the ice baths yeah. and, um, the ground is literally frozen. There's like water that's spilled on the ground. <laughs> the and fuck? so the deck is ice. Yeah. Right. And I walk out and of course I'm cold. And um, I'm like, you know what? From the moment I walked outside, I was like, it, it starts now. Mentally, it starts now. Mm. Right? So I just take off my shirt. And uh, I'm there freezing Psst. as a Florida boy in the wind. Yeah. Awesome, Texas. My feet are going numb from standing on this icy deck. And 
I'm starting to control my breath. I'm starting to get myself in that very calm, de-stressed state, mm -hmm. right? And then I see uh, Chris Mack and Nate Barber jump in the ice bath. And it's my first time seeing someone do it. And I'm looking at how they respond. You know, is it going to be agonizing? And is it, it going to be something where they just like endure and it's agonizing? Or do they just completely calm down? And they jumped in and it did not look agonizing. Mm -hmm. They literally just sank and were in complete control of their physical response. Like, no, ooh, it's cold, man. It's freezing. Yeah, like, that'd be me guys, right there fucking crying in the right. corner, bro. Dude, that's what you think. That's what you think. Yeah. Right? You think you're like, it's cold, but I'm going to hold on. You got this. You think it's going to be this high stress grind through, but that's not the strategy they took, right? Mm. They started to control their breath, right? That's crazy. Okay. They're going to whip off. Right? Yeah, <laughs> literally, true. yeah. Literally. And, um, and I see, like, the calmness on uh, Chris's face. And I'm like, oh, that's how you handle this. Mm. That's how you handle this, right? And so um, it really set the tone. And so when I got in the ice for the first time, um, I had this idea of trying to get in this very calm state. And it was hard the first 30 seconds. Like, it was bad. Yeah. I was freezing. Um, but I just continued to think that, you know, I am, I am not a victim to whatever my surroundings are. Like, I'm in control of my body. Mm -hmm. And I started to get into my head. I closed my eyes and I was literally trying to have like this, this spiritual experience. Yeah. Like, I was like, dude, the only way I get through this is if I'm in a spiritual setting. For sure. Right? Like, like literally out, out otherworldly, like out of my body. Right. Yeah. Because if you're in your body and you're very much in your senses, you'll react. Um, and so I calmed myself down. And again, it was like, I was just literally floating there just, after those first 30 seconds, I could have stayed there for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, easily. But it, it did teach me that you're physically capable of controlling how you respond to stress. Right? You're physically capable of controlling how you respond to stress. Whether the stress is emotional or physical. Mm -hmm. right? You're physically capable of controlling that stress response. Um, so that's a powerful lesson because if you're going through something stressful in life, if it's momentary or if it's built up over time, right? And you start to, to feel yourself feel anxious, you can enter that calm state again, just like you were in the ice bath and that stress subsides, right? So that's a powerful tool to have in your arsenal, right? I think that's really good. What do you think is harder, 10 minutes in the ice bath or 25 minutes in the sauna or 30? I think, I think the ice bath. Yeah. The ice bath. Because again, with the ice bath, it's an instant fight or flight the, okay. the second you're in right from second number one it's instantly unbearable with the sauna you walk in it starts to get hot and it gets hotter and you're like Oof, it's hot now mm -hmm. right? yeah, yeah, yeah with the ice bath it's like the second you're in there it is hell right yeah so it's about being able to overcome that you know? Damn it, I need to stop being a pussy. I guess you fucking sold me, dog. I'm going to have to do the ice bath ASAP. Because, yeah, I'll do, like, the, the sauna for 25, 30 minutes, and I think it's, like, a good, like, mental reset, right? Because, obviously, the battle mm -hmm. comes after, like, I want to say 20 minutes or 15, depending on where your cardio's at, right? But at that yeah. point, it's just, like, I, I try to, like, once my heart rate starts getting, like, 175, 180, I, like, I dip. I'm, like, yeah, I'm about to last any longer. I'm going to be to, like, I'm going to pass out. Like, what was that one dude that uh, David Goggins took with him? Jesse Itzler? I'm not sure. Yeah, he, he took some guy named Jesse Itler into the sauna, and David Gong is all made him pass him the fuck out. David Gong is a fucking monster, dude. I love the hell out of that guy, man. <laughs> yeah, 
Would you ever work out with him if you had the chance? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I love how you said, yeah, I'm like, shit, maybe I break a few <laughs> fucking bones, doc. Dude, you, I would have to do it just like, I, I don't know if I'd survive. I don't know, you know either. <laughs> but I, I'll do it. Dude, that's how it was um, when I was in the ice bath because I was with all these guys who do ice baths like all the time. Yeah. And um, the first 30 seconds, I was like, dude, I think I'm going to pass out in here. Yeah. Like straight up. And I just closed my eyes like if I might pass out. Yeah, like that could happen. But I'm here. I'm doing it, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not losing, right? So that's kind of the mentality that that, that really built in me. Like if I pass out, I pass out. You know, that's what happened. Damn, whatever. I fuck with that. That's least. gangster, dude. A lot, of, But dude, the yeah. thing is a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people are like, like I joke around, but like I, I say that because I'm comfortable like with who I am, right? Because I know like I'll – like when I'm in the situation, I'll do it. Like I won't bitch yeah. out. But like I, I like to like I don't know something about me just like the whole drama effect. Like a little fucking bitch. I'm just it's just fucking comedy <laughs> to me, you know. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. interesting, and I don't mind doing that. But actually, really quick too, I wanted to get back to the uh, to the masculinity and the the feminine thing. Why do you think so many people are too too afraid to show about like who they care about because again something that i mentioned last year too is i really respected you for like just showing out and uh, you've still been consistent with it which is one thing i have major props to you um i don't know if it's like insecurity with the with them like within themselves or what do you think about that yeah okay so when people are afraid to be authentic that's what we're talking about Mm -hmm. being yourself it comes back to a lack of self-belief uh-huh Okay. And I don't just mean like, believe in yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What I mean is it's a lack of knowing your identity, Mm -hmm. who you are. Okay. Because if you know quite well who you are, right? Like I said, I know myself. That's why I'm comfortable joking about this. Exactly. I know when I show up, I'm going to grind out the ice bath. A hundred percent. Yeah. When you don't know who you are, then whatever setting you're in, Mm-hmm. you try to conform to that setting, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure who I am, who I'm supposed to be. So when I'm at school and the professor's saying some woke garbage, I'm going to nod my head along with all the other students because I don't know my own values, right? Yeah. I don't know what I stand for. Mm-hmm. Right? Or when I'm with this girl and, you know, she's saying something I completely disagree with and I would never want for the future mother of my children, I, I don't know what I really care about. I don't know what I really stand for. So I'm just going to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or when you work a job, right. And the company wants to impose a, a vaccine mandate. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're unsure where you lie on that issue, you're going to conform. Yeah. 100% of the time. Right. Oh, I'll just do what they say. I don't know what's wrong with it. I don't know if I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Just do what they say. But if you know what you stand for, then your option is easy, leave or stay, right? So when I think people aren't being authentic, when they're not being themselves, when they're afraid to show themselves, it comes back to not knowing well enough who they are Mm -hmm. or not believing enough who they are, right? Like the the number one person who who I've I've ever met, who's the most authentic, like Mm -hmm. more, more authentic than we are currently capable of being was Zach Homel. Okay. So I've known Zach for a while and um, I talked to him. The first time I talked to him was on the phone and uh, I was talking to him about this exact issue actually, yeah. which is crazy. 
I was telling him that on my Twitter, which obviously like people see as somebody who's being authentic, right? Mm-hmm. This was just, you know, like six months ago or something. When I first talked to him, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit longer. Um, but I was telling him that I feel like I'm not being as authentic as I can be. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I told him, you know, like, I just don't feel, you know, I told him the specific issue was that I wanted to be way, way more open and direct with my faith. Right. And start talking about Jesus. Right? Yeah. And, um, no, I'm just and I, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. Like, God, don't smile <laughs> me. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me killed today. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Dude, every time oh, I like, do that, I'm like, I regret it instantly. I'm like, damn it. No, I'm the God. I'm right, sorry. Right yeah, yeah. Not, not the legendary Jesus Jesus, man. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to repent like 20 times later. Don't don't kill me, bro. I love it, brother. But, um, right. Anyway, so yeah. I was telling him how, like, dude, you know, I feel, you know, wrong talking about it so openly because I feel like, you know, that I've just seen so much in my life that like, I don't have the credibility to speak on it. Mm-hmm. And he, you, know what he, you know what Zach said to me? He was like, you know what it sounds like to me, Gabe? It sounds like you're being a fucking puppet. Straight Damn, up. Damn, son. I was like, Palsy. oh my God. <laughs> like, Damn, no, like, no, yeah. we just went in, son. No, he, that, that was his response. That's said, crazy. Like fucking yeah. puppet. And I was like, obviously just shocked. I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. Part of me was like, whoa, did he just say yeah. that? Like, that was crazy. Um, but the, the, the right after I was like shocked, I was like thankful. Like, dude, I, I said, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. A fucking puppet, right? And um, so I was like, I acknowledged it and I agreed with it. And then I thanked him for it. I was like, dude, thank you for saying that. Like, mm-hmm. I needed somebody to tell me that, right? Right, because uh, I was conforming to what I thought the people who followed me wanted to see, to what I thought the people who followed me would be okay with me talking about, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to talking about what I knew, what was on my heart, myself, right? My own beliefs. And so once I dropped that, right? And became more sure of myself, became more clear on my identity, became more clear on my values, became more clear on why I'm doing what I do every single day, mm-hmm. then my authenticity skyrocketed Mm -hmm. and people's response to that skyrocketed as well Mm -hmm. right the amount of trust that people have with me right um but again like this whole lack of authenticity comes back to not knowing yourself well enough there there is multiple cases where when i was with zach uh, in indiana where he just did things that no one else would do because they'd be afraid of how you perceive them. Yeah. Right. Like we'd be hiking in the middle of the woods. He'll just whip it out and start pissing like wherever he wanted to. <laughs> it's gangster. Right. And yeah. It, yeah. It's just like, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like literally what? Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't care because he knows who he is. Uh-huh. Right. There, there's like the, one of the, I think it was the second morning. Um, we woke up at like six 30. It was still dark out. And uh, we were in this cabin. And I just flip on the porch light just to like get the lights on, mm-hmm. and I see him just pissing off the porch in the middle of the woods. Yeah, and I'm like, what the f-? like no one would do that, but not because there's anything wrong with peeing on the freaking leaves, because people are afraid of what they're gonna look like. Yeah, right. But he wasn't. So that really, really opened my eyes to how important it was to uh, be authentic. Right. And one thing I think that's important for people to understand is being authentic 
doesn't mean everyone will like what you say. Mm-hmm. Does not mean people will like what you say. But being authentic means people will trust what you say. Mm-hmm. Okay. People will trust what you say. Because what you're not BSing, right? So like Zach specifically, he says some things that I don't necessarily agree with 100 percent mm-hmm. Right. And he knows this, right? Sorry, I just got this new laptop. I don't know how to silence these notifications. Oh, you're chilling, bro. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, like he says things that he knows people who follow him don't agree with. He doesn't care. But he's being authentic. So people trust him. Mm-hmm. They know he's speaking what he truly <clears throat> believes. Right. Um, so that's why it's also important to be authentic, um, not just from like a business standpoint, mm-hmm. right? But also with your relationships. Tell people how you feel. Tell people what you think. Tell people what you believe. Because even if they don't agree, even if it rubs them the wrong way, even if they have a different perspective, they'll trust you. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what Texel gives you authority. That's what allows you to be this masculine person who's able to accomplish your mission in mm-hmm. the world, right? Why do you think like Trump, like right, classic, classic example, mm-hmm. you know, he said and did things that so many people who voted for him didn't agree with. Yeah. He would say things like grab him by the pussy. Right. He would like, <laughs> I didn't care about that. I, was like, I mean, I <laughs> wouldn't do that, but that's pretty fucking funny. Right. Right. Like yeah. I wouldn't do that. I would, I would never do that. Yeah. I, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I would never say that. Yeah. I would never say that. I was yeah. like, Oh, I like, probably tell my friends, I'll grab you by the asshole joking around, <laughs> but I never like yeah. seriously mean it. Like, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like he probably was like sleeping with a bunch of hookers doing all this stuff. Right? Yeah. And tons of stuff that we didn't agree with, but, the response publicly is like, oh, yeah, okay, like that's who he is. Mm. Like he's being authentic. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, regardless of what is, he was authentic. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, that what we see is what we get. Okay, cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's don't agree with it, but I understand it. You know, he's not lying. To me, <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, okay, I trust this guy. Um, versus like the career politician who tries to say everything perfectly. Fucking muppets. And as a result. <laughs> fucking muppets right yeah you're like this person is just talking a talking head they're just trying to say everything to make me you know feel good about them yeah. so you don't trust them have you noticed that like even even for the left like biden and kamala like they're not even like the left is so extreme they're like yeah we can't cancel that like yeah okay we can only play along so fucking far y'all need to chill like they, they're not even going as full as they're going and i'm like i think that's why they they have like the lowest approval rating out of anyone ever like even the left doesn't trust them i'm just like jesus fucking christ i'm like which i uh, it sucks but it's like a recipe to bring trump back in um 2024 right i mean i i hate all politicians you know like keep me out of that shit i think it's all a shit show you know there's something really interesting that i said in my friend's chat um that was about trump what was it? i'm gonna find it really fucking quick but it was something along of uh oh okay so everyone says being accountable and being um wait what was it everyone wants to be like everyone says like be accountable and be mature like in a situation right uh, which is true, right? Like you, you should be accountable and you should be mature, right? Like, especially if you need to own up to something. But then I was like, I said this jokingly, right? But like, I was like, there's kind of some truth in that. And I was like, do that. And you'll be like the same as most fucking Joes. I'm like, do the opposite and you'll rise to the top like daddy Trump. That's why you got to do the opposite of the masses. I'm like, he never took accountability. He, he put it on somebody else and he rose to the top. What do you think about that? Again, I said that jokingly, but I was like, there's actually some truth to that. Yeah. I think maybe like accountability. When most people hear accountability, they think about personal 
accountability, mm-hmm. right? And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but what it seems like you're talking about is when Trump would do or say something that would ru- ruffle feathers, he wouldn't apologize for it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he wouldn't. Yeah. He, he would just point it on somebody else, or he he would yeah. uh, like the stock market, like for example, right? Like he would push it on. He's like, it's not my fucking fault. It's coronavirus's fault. Which I mean, the whole economy is a shit show either way. So like it was bound to happen. Or like mm-hmm. he would put it on the Federal Reserve on Jerome Powell, like for example, right? He was like, it's never him. It's all these damn fucking other people that are fucking up America. And then that would rile up the right. And I'm like, but that's not true either, you know? So it's like it's always a mixture of things. I think that. Um but that was why he was so successful, man. Yeah. That's why I'm like, that's crazy. I think his strategy of not apologizing <coughs> for anything mm. helped him rise to the top, right? Because that's authenticity, right? Yeah. Yes, I did that, period. Like, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, that's what I do. That's what I did. This is what I think. Um, but I do think that I think it's okay to, to not apologize for things that you've done publicly, right? Mm-hmm. You can own that. Um, but I think his, I think his downfall might have stemmed from some sort of personal accountability, mm-hmm. some sort of personal accountability, right? Um, cause personal accountability, like we're, we're talking about this weird, like sphere where Trump is publicly not apologizing. And we, we really don't know if he's actually taking accountability for things. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't know. We only Got see you. what he puts out. <clears throat> so I mean, ultimately, accountability personally with yourself, right? That like empowers you to make decisions to improve the situation. Mm -hmm. Whether Trump did that or not, I don't know. I don't know if he actually believed that he can do no wrong or he just said that. He just Mm -hmm. didn't, you know, publicly apologize. I don't know. Um, But I think more personal accountability benefits most situations. But I do think it's harmful to bow down to any time anybody criticizes you, mm-hmm. right? Like, dude, this is when, when Joe Rogan, the whole thing with Joe Rogan like being canceled, which I know you want to talk about too. For sure. Um, yeah. Went down. He, um, you know, the video came out of him saying the N-word or whatever, like under times. And uh, people, you know, Spotify started taking down some of his podcasts and all this stuff. And he apologized, you know, he released this apology video and, um, you know, God, God bless Joe Rogan for all he does. I think that I, I, I agree with a lot of what he does, um, but I didn't agree with him apologizing, right? Mm-hmm. And people were disappointed that he apologized. They're like, oh, dude, like, don't bow down. Don't apologize. Like, stay on your ground, you know? And even I'm Trump like, said that, actually, like on Fox, I think. He said, yeah, he's, he's like, like, don't he fucking said, apologize to the fucking loser. <laughs> so I was like, Jesus yeah, don't, don't, don't yeah. apologize, right? And, um, yeah. you know, people were disappointed in him for apologizing. Yeah. And I understand that because when I look at, like, whenever we put any kind of public figure on some sort of pedestal, mm-hmm. right, some sort of, we idolize them, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Whether or not people like this or not, we're comparing it to what we see as, what we perceive as God, as the highest authority, Yeah. right? And I'm not, I'm not talking like religious for me, it's religious. Right. Okay. Cause I have my faith and I'm public about that. Right. Mm-hmm. But this isn't, I'm not talking about religion, whether you're atheist or you're Christian or you're Jewish or you're Muslim, whatever is highest authority to you is your God, but right? that's what's decisive in your life. Right. And 
every human has that inherent value of this highest authority, right? What if they put Joe Rogan at the top of that, if they put Jesus at the top of that, yeah. right? And any time a figure falls short of what we see as God, mm. what we see as God's glory, then we're disappointed, right? Oh, he, he apologized. And I'm like, yeah, y- y'all are comparing him to Jesus, right? Because Jesus, when he was getting quote unquote canceled back in his day, right, for speaking the truth, right? Yeah. He ate that shit up. He didn't apologize. He owned it, right? Oh, okay. And he, he was crucified for that. Mm. Right? Didn't apologize once. That was a good point. I, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because I was wondering, because I was like, I at least for me, right, I, that's the point where like, I disagree with you respectfully. I, 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 I like that he apologized because it showed like the accountability. It showed the maturity. I, I didn't like the conforming thing. I didn't like that. Like, it was like out of pressure. Like if he did it without the pressure, like he just addressed it on his own like a year yeah. or two ago, I would have respected that a little bit more. So I, I kind of have a mixture of both, but I, I, I do yeah. like that, that he apologized and I don't. So I'm like, I'm stuck in the mid point for that. Right. But I get your yeah, point too like- about Jesus. Like he didn't apologize. And I, and I thought of a really bad joke right now and I'm probably gonna go to hell for saying it. You want to hear it? <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Dude. I was like, God damn. Damn, I fuck. What, what's wrong with me? I was like, Jesus had 12 million followers. Joe Rogan has 12 million. I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm done. I need to chill. I need to chill. <laughs> oh, my God. I think he literally just crossed that on like YouTube or something. But what the, I got. I'm sorry yeah. again. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, I think where we're like kind of landing on different sides is that when we're talking about like Jesus not apologizing, he was he, he's not apologizing for something he said that was good and righteous mm-hmm. that people try to cancel him for right yeah joe rogan maybe you could probably say that right what people were trying to cancel him for was probably some sort of a, a mistake a slip up yeah right? so you want to own that when you slip up so again there i go comparing jesus to joe rogan which is the whole, <laughs> whole point i'm making right? Yeah. <laughs> right so um so again right like he's apologizing over something he messed up in. So maybe there's a little bit of a difference there, right? Uh Uh-huh. No, I I feel you on that. Let me... uh, hmm, I think it's interesting. I mean, yeah, although I think I do have to agree with Rogan when he says that it was a hit job because obviously the time they didn't give a fuck before no one did but yeah. I, I do love the the amount of support that he's gotten from everyone though because i don't know it's just i think i shared this on instagram like a like a few days ago i'm not gonna remember the exact thing but it was something about like the weak will always try to cancel those greater than them because that's something that they'll never be able to accomplish in any in multiple lifetimes that they get because they're not truly themselves because again going back to like the the college professor teaching you and you're just nodding your head you're just brainwashing just being a fucking muppet you're not you're not you're not explicitly being yourself you're just conforming right like you're doing this and that like like it's people have an issue with that bro like and i don't know what it is hey if somebody ever comes for me five years down the road like they could look at the last podcast i think i said something about helene hitler i'm a mexican why would i like it's a fucking joke bro but like people don't get that right it's like it's just people people like to just cry wolf and i'm like because then it gives them an easy sense of validation and that's just as toxic because that gives you an excuse to just hold on to that two seconds of glory, that fame, which is really isn't, right? It's just attention that you're getting out of, like, pity versus an excuse for bettering yourself. And that's, like, the, that's where I, where I clash with people that, like, just cry wolf. It's like, dude, you have not ever had a shred of adversity to the point where uh, if someone gets your 
bagel cream cheese with raisins wrong you're gonna fucking have a breakdown of panera bread like that's just fucking <laughs> bananas to me dude i'm just like that's how much you've never been challenged in life yeah right dude i i literally saw something like this take place last week where i was at this coffee shop mm. um she's getting some work done and uh, i live super close to ucf like 15 minutes away okay. so there's a bunch of college, college kids at this coffee shop um all right, kids who are my age, but still in college. How old are you getting? You're 23, <laughs> right? I'm 22. Okay. Damn, bro. Yeah. You're fucking wild. I think I said that last year, too. I think I was like, damn, you look older than that. Whatever. But yeah. Dude, I look <laughs> younger than you, bro. I'm a fucking old man. I'm about to be 28 this year, dude. Let's go. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah, fucking you're, ankles you're are broken. <laughs> yeah, you're looking 30 in the eyes, bro. Dude, I'm fucking dead inside. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But dude, yeah. So I see this guy. Uh, <laughs> he's like, he's like playing like video games on his laptop. Yeah. And I, I, I don't pay attention to him. I'm like focused on what I'm doing. But, um, you know, I kind of have like this this lull, and I look over at him, and he like loses his shit. Dude. Mm. Like he like Jesus slams Christ. his laptop. Like yeah, you're like, whoa, what the heck? Like this guy's freaking out, and he's like huffing and puffing, looking around the coffee shop. I'm like, dude like whoa what's going on yeah right obviously something just happened in this video game he just like slammed his computer and um it's true that like think about the last time you've ever responded like that to something like slamming a door or like slamming your laptop shut like something has to really really piss you off mm. to slam a door you know to have that type of response like something bad right mm. Um, but that video game, him losing in that video game was like the equivalent to like finding out that like your girlfriend cheated on you mm -hmm. to him. That's how bad it was. Right. So when you have no challenges, like little things are perceived as relatively more challenging. Mm -hmm. Right. Which comes back to like everything we're talking about when you're asking questions of like, how do you self-impose adversity? Like That's why it's important in the first place. Because when you're intentionally stressing yourself physically day after day after day after day after day, then little things bother you less, mm -hmm. right? Not because the workouts become easier. They actually become progressively harder, mm -hmm. right? Like my workouts now, like I could get freaking fired up. You know what I mean? To deadlift five plates, like that's way harder than deadlifting. How much do you plates. weigh? That's fucking insane. Right. I, I, actually, I weigh one... I went 192 today. Fucking monster, yeah. bro. That's fucking. I fucking over here struggling with three, bro. Come on now, take it easy on me, bro. What I'm saying, like, once when you're getting to four, yeah, that's gonna be harder. Yeah, when you get to five, that's gonna be harder, mm -hmm. right? And so it's not that the workouts get easier; it's that stress itself becomes relatively less intense. <clears throat> so the funniest joke I, I've heard about this is from one of the guys that I learned quite a bit from, uh, Joe Bennett. He trains um. Terrence Ruffin, he's the winner of the Arnold Classic last year. Okay. And he's going to win this year, okay? Uh, this year, too. Second place at the Olympia. Huge bodybuilder, right? He says that the biggest bodybuilders he's ever trained, like these just muscle heads, dudes that are like 300 pounds, right? Biggest muscles on earth. Um, they're the calmest people he knows, right? Because they're just so used to stress, physically stressing themselves out so much in the gym, mm -hmm. going so hard in the gym, that when someone cuts them off in traffic, that, that feels like nothing. Right. Yeah. It's like nothing. Like, dude, I, I just did lift 500 pounds. Yeah. That's not going to bother me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's why it's important. That's a good point, actually, because there have been some times where, like, 
<clears throat> sometimes I'll be aggressive driver because I fucking hate people out here. But <laughs> sometimes, not always. But like, I won't like cuss or anything like that. I'll just like, like I'll cut people yeah. off. But like, I won't get mad. I won't yell. Like, you know, I'm like, sorry guys. I'm like, you know. But like after like a fucking hard workout, bro. I, I never have my seat. I actually put my seatbelt on. I'm so tired. I'm actually driving the speed limit. I'm so beat up. Like, so I, I get, I can yeah. get that to a point. I'm like, I don't like nothing else can like touch me right now. Like, I don't want to deal with yeah, anything. nothing. Like, right. I, I literally tweeted this the other day where I was like, don't cut me off after leg day. Not because <laughs> I'll like, not because I'll get mad, but because I won't, I won't care enough. I won't have enough energy to like <laughs> slam on the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah like dude you're literally like i was just under 400 pounds like what are you doing yeah you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> like, yeah so dude. that's why it's important right no 100 people go through their day and their biggest challenge is like their boss like asking them to do something yeah right? that's their biggest emotional challenge but we go through the day and our biggest challenge is on purpose mm. it's that weight that we lifted and so all the other challenges seem like almost nothing this is a this is a personal question. How often do you deload? Is it like on a weekly basis, like once or twice, or is it like on a monthly basis? How do you go about that? Mm-hmm. Or do you just so listen to your body? I I, de- I more listen to my body, mm-hmm. and I, I don't like saying that because it sounds like woo woo, and I like to be objective. But I feel like you training. know. I feel like you know once you train a certain long like amount of time. I feel like you actually do know. Yeah. So the the way I actually listen to my body mm-hmm. is, excuse me. What I'll do is I'll assess my training progression. And if I'm unable to make progress after two straight weeks on like one specific exercise, mm-hmm. I will deload that specific exercise. Okay. Because depending on your goals, your structure, depending on the nature of the exercises you do, certain exercises are more fatiguing, mm-hmm. right? Like a squat is more fatiguing on your entire body and your legs than a bicep curl, right? For sure. So you may need to deload your squats more often than you need to deload your bicep curl. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So So, if I can't make progress on that squat for a consistent amount of time, let's say it's two weeks, mm -hmm. right? Then that kind of tells me, you know, I've hit that wall, Mm -hmm. right? That doesn't mean I need to half-ass the rest of my training, Mm -hmm. right? Because I can't progress my squats, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So that's how I go about it. I want to ask you this too. I guess like a compound lift, such as like squat, right? Um, how many it's, it's so it's more taxing than like let's say like a leg press machine or a hack squat right how many sets do you start off with that because i keep it short and simple i'll probably do like three or four sets of squats and then i'll then i'll try doing like maybe like some other like again like a hack squat or unilateral work like lunge or something like that like how do you how do you base that because again that's something i found out personally right like i'm sure it's, it's been online i'm sure people have done the research but if i would do like six seven eight uh sets of like squats which i mean some people do you know uh I would be like fucking toast, dude. And I'm like, no, I, I, it's better to keep it short and simple, intense, but like productive and then just migrate on something else. So like how often do you, cause I, I, I've seen some people, like, I think some Mr. Olympus don't even squat at all. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, it's interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. So that comes down to the principle of efficiency, mm-hmm. right? Efficiency is how much work you can get done in a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so this, We'll start with the Olymp- Mr. Olympia example who doesn't squat, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. There, I'm sure there are some that do. I think it was Ronnie something. Do. Ronnie something. He doesn't even deadlift. Yeah, Ronnie either. Coleman. Yeah. I mean, no, he, I think he, it was yeah. a different one. It's an Asian dude. 
I forget. It's a different guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but a ton of bodybuilders, mm. a ton of really strong people don't do like barbell squats, mm-hmm. barbell deadlifts because they're so taxing, right? And so think about, you know, like why, why, how could it be so hard that it's not worth it mm-hmm. to them? Because if you're talking about like Mr. Olympia level legs, that, that amount of muscle in your body, for you to be able to get a, the goal of the squat is to make your legs stronger and bigger. Mm. For that person to be able to get an effective workout with squats, they have to be working with minimum four plates, right? Yeah. Probably upwards of five, sometimes six. Yeah. And yeah, that's gonna get get a decent amount of work, you know, a decent amount of work in for the legs, but also just the spinal compression, the axial load, the amount of work on their uh, on their erectors, on their lower back, mm. right? It's it's this a one set of squats can literally make you feel like you're hit by a truck and like barely touch your legs. Mm-hmm. If you're that, right. If you're that strong, yeah. it's like, I could just go on a hack squat, have no stress to my lower back, for sure. have no fatigue on my, on my spine, have no fatigue on my lats, have no fatigue, like on everything else that works to stabilize your body when there's yeah. five plates on your back and my legs get crushed. So I'm just going to do that. Right. That's the goal. So when we're talking about, like doing this for a normal person or mm-hmm. someone who is not a Mr. Olympia, like someone closer to our level of strength or maybe a few years behind or mm-hmm. a few years ahead, right? The question comes in, okay, how many sets of squats do I do, right? How many sets of squats do I do? When do I move on to something else, mm-hmm. right? So the, the question comes down to what's your specific goal, okay? So if your specific goal is to get your legs as muscular as possible. Mm. By the way, this applies for any other muscle group. If your specific goal is to get your legs as muscular as possible, then you can always pick an exercise that is less taxing on your whole body, that's more, that's equally as taxing on your legs, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a, squ- a hack squat, right? There, the, I didn't do a barbell squat for over a year straight. Okay. I think it was like 16 months straight, right? Because my goal wasn't to be good at squatting. My goal changed to just make my legs as muscular as possible, right? And so I got in a hack squat, right? That was my squat. And it was, it murdered my legs. Mm-hmm. And my legs got more more strong and, and more muscular than ever before. But my back wasn't toasted, mm-hmm. right? So that's more efficient. For sure. Like literally if somebody comes to me and it's like, Gabe, I don't care about having a strong squat. I just want as much muscle as possible. Then I would have that conversation with them. Like, okay, cool. So I want to let you know that it's going to be a better use of your time and your energy to not do a barbell squat Mm -hmm. and build your muscle with something that's less fatiguing on a hack squat. Mm -hmm. Right. And if they're down for that, I'm like, cool, sweet. The only time where I actually recommend somebody does a barbell squat because it's more fatiguing is if they tell me they want to have a bigger barbell squat, right? Mm. That's a good enough reason to do it. Yeah, oh, I'm, I love just doing it. It's yeah. fun. It's, it's just a hobby to me. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. fun. That's, that's a good enough reason. To do yeah. It, by the way, right? Me with deadlifts too. Yeah. It's just fun. Like yeah, I don't same care. With deadlifts. Yeah. Same with bench press. It's that fun. If it's fun, that's a good enough reason. Yeah. Cause if it's fun, you'll, you'll look forward to it. You'll train it harder. Yeah. You'll do it consistently. But if someone comes to me and they're like, I, I don't care. Like, I don't care about my squat numbers. Mm. I'm like, sweet, let's not do it. Let's make it easier right? and get and get the same or even better results, right? Um, but let's say 
No, Gabe, that all makes sense to me. Like, I understand. I'm not, you know, emotionally reacting and not saying that you hate barbell squats. Yeah. That squat now, right? Because I want to do them. I want, they're fun, right? Um, so let's say, okay, Gabe, I want to squat. I want to get my legs also as big as possible. I don't want to be doing my seven sets of squats, right? Mm. What you'll want to do is when you're talking about making a workout more efficient, what affects efficiency is intensity and dose, okay? Intensity and dose, right? Intensity is like how potent the dose is, right? The, the dose is like how much of that you're taking in. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, let's talk about like a drug, right? Or like caffeine, right? I take caffeine pills sometimes. <laughs> oh, I, but, dude, I, have you ever heard of Mio? Yes. I, yes. I take this shit all the fucking time, bro. It's my cocaine. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. But, right. Like caffeine, right? Let's say um, we'll talk. We'll do pills. Let's say I, I want to get. Where do you get? Wait, really quick. Where do you get caffeine pills? That's, I've never. Dude, I don't uh, think I've heard that. Nutrition shop has them. I'm about yeah. to buy some today, son. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's so convenient. It's yeah. like. Two cups of coffee, just in a pill, no calories, like nothing, right? Did you hear that um, there's a, a caffeine vape? No. There's one, it's like 40 bucks. It's like really fucking strong. I haven't tried it, but like it gets people like wired. I'm like, I might have to upgrade to that. Not, not that I ever like care for smoking <laughs> or anything, like, but I'm just like, I just want to try it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just caffeine, that, so. Dude, that seems insane. Like just instantly into the bloodstream. Oh, literally, like, yeah. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, that, that's going to be crazy. But, um, yeah, so let's say like you want to get uh, 200 milligrams of caffeine. Sure. Right. That's your goal. You know, that's that would be an effective workout. Mm-hmm. 200 milligrams. Um, and your caffeine pills are only 50 milligrams mm-hmm. per pill. You have to take four pills, right, to get the effect you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. The dose is four. The intensity is 50 to get to 200. But let's say you want to get to 200. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. But you have caffeine pills that are 100 milligrams. You only have to take two. Right? The dose can be lower because the intensity is higher. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So it's the same with your workouts. If you want to have a more efficient workout and lower the dose, which is lowering the amount of sets that you have to do. So you want to go from six sets of barbell squats to three or two. I do two. Mm-hmm. Then the intensity just has to go up. Right. So instead of leaving two reps in the tank, three reps in the tank, you leave one rep in the tank. You leave no reps in the tank. Mm-hmm. You can get as much of a, an effect in two sets that somebody's getting out of four if they're leaving their three or four reps in the tank. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. How often do you go to intensity? Because there's a lot of people that, that preach consistency over intensity. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to hear what, what you do personally on that. Mm-hmm. So the reason people preach, and they're talking about consistency of you know, just showing up, getting your lots, you know, four plus sets in so like, all the time. Right? Yeah. So like, let's say um, some people will like, let's say it's like leg day, right? Maybe you just want to hit a little bit of chest and tries. Some people will, will maybe do three or four, um, I guess like higher weight, um, <clears throat> like maybe like three or four sets and just enough to stimulate it, but not to get you sore so that way you can show up the next day. So that way you can stimulate it and get like another rep or two the following few days right just to get a little bit of strength like the farmer strength right i, mean, I don't know if you've heard about that mm-hmm. it's like some style that russia think, does mm-hmm. i think what you're talking about so um again it all comes back to what is the goal like what we're talking about if the goal is 200 milligrams of caffeine 
you could lower the intensity. You could have 50 milligram pills, but you just need to take four of them, right? So it's, if you increase the dose, if you increase the amount of sets that you're doing mm-hmm. and lowering the intensity to get the same effect, you always have to do more sets, mm-hmm. right? Let, let's say we have the same goal, but you want to do, but, but I do two sets as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to full intensity, you have to do two, three or four to get the same effect that I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So efficiency, higher intensity and lower sets is always more efficient. It's always accomplishing more in a shorter period of time. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. If that doesn't matter to you, if you don't really care, then who cares? You know, mm. do your four sets at a lower intensity. But if your goal is getting as much accomplished in a shorter period of time, mm-hmm. then you should be training to a full intensity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because then you can do less sets. Right. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. Let me ask you this too. Yeah, this is a per- on a personal note. When obviously when you were getting stronger, what what were like your go to meals for? I guess bulking, um, just to get in that extra energy. I don't know if you just do like car bombs like a motherfucker, or just like did you just, just do that for like <laughs> calories? So, like I kind of want to know what your go to was because obviously that's my goal now. Like I'm I'm bulking. I'm trying to get, just gain more yeah. strength in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anytime I'm trying to gain weight, um, I focus on making sure that I have a lot of calorie density. Mm-hmm. Okay. So lots of calories in a, sh- in a small amount of food as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. So for example, for breakfast, if I'm cutting, I might just have a protein shake. Right. But if I'm bulking, I might just have, a, I might have a protein shake and five eggs and butter. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's easy. Lots of calories, especially if you add in the butter. Fuck yeah. And then if I'm cutting, my lunch might be, you know, my pork slash steak um, slash chicken mm-hmm. with potatoes or with a small serving of rice mm. or with rice and a bunch of vegetables, right? And a little bit of honey. But if I'm bulking, it might be my steak and a lot of rice and butter and cheese, yeah, right? And Italian vinaigrette dressing. Yes, sir. <laughs> and Chick-fil-A pasta, Polynesian yeah. sauce. So I'm trying to fit in, okay, how, how many calories can I get in into this efficient meal, like this little meal so I'm not just eating all day long, mm-hmm. right? That's how I go about it. What that do you think sense. about, uh, there's two questions. I wanted to ask you, what do you think about mass gainers and for eggs too? People say that, there's like a huge debate, right? Um, some people just eat them raw, they go rocky in style, then obviously the majority just cooks them, right? People, when you eat them raw, they say that you only get half the protein in content that's in the eggs. Have you heard about that? I heard a little bit about that. I don't, what, what they're talking about is something called protein bioavailability, right? Like mm-hmm. the PDEAA score, mm-hmm. right? That's not a protein you can actually use from the egg. So what they're saying is that regardless if that egg has six grams of protein or not, if you cook it a certain way or you don't cook it, you're going to be able to use less of that protein. I don't know what the exact number is on mm-hmm. that, but it it could be true, but it's not. That's it's been not up for debate be a for a minute. Game yeah. changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to be a game changer, even, even if it's true. It's not going to be something that <clears throat> makes or breaks your physique <clears throat> unless literally the only protein you get is from eggs, <laughs> right? Yeah. Stuff like that, where we're talking about, oh, you know, this protein source might be a little bit less bioavailable. Mm-hmm that has an effect that has a real tangible effect if you're like a vegan, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you're like a vegan and you only eat plant proteins, 
and all of those plant proteins are less bioavailable, you're able to use less of those proteins, then it will have an effect because that's the, you're not getting complete proteins in your diet, right? But if I'm an omnivore and I eat mainly meat for protein and I have some peas or something mm -hmm. or some, or some uncooked egg, and that's like trace amounts of protein for my diet, it's not going to make or break my seed. So if you're, unless you're a vegan or you have some special case where you like don't eat meat and you only eat incomplete proteins, I wouldn't stress about it at all. Have you tried the carnivore diet? I tried it in 2018. Okay. Cause I saw all the hype about it and, yeah. um, you know, I have, it's not that I had any questions about it. I understood how it works. You know, if you're completely satiated, you're getting in your protein, um, then, and you're in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight. Right. Mm. Um, and plus with beef itself, it is extremely nutrient dense food, micronutrient dense food. Like it has almost all of the essential nutrients that you need to like survive and thrive. Mm -hmm. Right. Some people like Paul Saladino even say, if you eat an entire cow from head to toe, that has all the nutrients you need to survive and thrive. I don't know exactly if that's true, but that's what he says. Okay. And if anything, it's pretty close to true. Like you can survive off and thrive off red meat alone. Mm. Um, and so I tried it. And, um, my problem was that I like meat so much <laughs> that it's, it's not satiating enough for the average person. Yeah. They can, they can eat their carnivore diet and be like, dude, I'm stuffed. I don't want anything else, mm -hmm. but I don't give a crap. Mm -hmm. I'll keep eating that steak. I'll keep eating burger patties. I'll keep eating steak and I will easily take in four or 5,000 calories worth of red meat. I oh, shit. Yeah. Even thinking about it. If I only ate red meat. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not worth it to me because I, I, it does not satiate me enough. Mm -hmm. Right. If it does, if that's good for you and you can stay in your calorie deficit, then all power to you. You know, mm -hmm. but I, I'm too big of a meat eater. No, I, I feel you on that, bro. Um, I wanted to ask you this. So since everything's basically calories in and calorie out, right? I guess let, let me play the opposite for the people that are listening too. Let's say people are trying to um, lose weight, right? But they also want to preserve the muscle mass. How much of a deficit can they go in without losing as much muscle mass? So let's say like their maintenance is 2300, right? Let's say they shoot yeah. down to, uh, this is a little bit of a deficit, right? Like let's say they shoot down to like 16 or 17. Is it possible for them to, let's say like their average current intake is about 150 Gs to 175 on the higher calorie side, right? What if they yeah, yeah. bump that up to maybe 250 to 300? Would they still be able to preserve that even with the deficit uh, if they up the, the, the protein intake or no? Okay, so you're, what, what it sounds like you're asking is if you did a pretty severe deficit, but you upped your protein intake, Correct. would that extra protein intake be able to sustain muscle or allow to continue? Essentially, yeah. Is that what you're asking? Correct. Okay. So it won't because the bigger effect on whether or not that protein is used to build muscle mm -hmm. is the amount of total energy your body has. Mm -hmm. So if you cut your calories way down, then you, even if you're taking 300 grams of protein, mm -hmm. your body will use some of that protein just to go um, through this process called gluconeogenesis, mm -hmm. where even though that's protein, if you're not taking in anything else, it's like, well, we need to use this just to fuel our like functions mm. right? that comes before building big biceps right? yeah, yeah, yeah. in the order of what do we use this energy for? Right. So I never recommend that people go in a crash deficit and just increase their protein because okay. whether or not they're having their 150 grams of protein or 300, 
right? Their body's not going to be utilizing all of that protein to build muscle. There's not enough energy coming. So let's. So that's why you you need to go into a moderate deficit. Mm. Okay. Right. Whether however much protein you're eating, as long as it's one around one gram of protein per pound of body weight or above, right? That kind of rule of thumb. Um, If you're losing body fat in a moderate enough deficit, then you still have enough energy to be able to spare protein for muscle building. Mm. Okay. So yes, we're losing body fat. Yes, energy is scarce, but we have enough body fat to fuel daily activity, mm-hmm. right? And so we can use all this protein we're taking in towards building muscle. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if the goal is losing as much fat as possible while building as much muscle as possible, right? So you don't just end up like smaller on the scale. Yeah. Then you need to go about it moderately. Okay. And what I look at is three things. Okay. The first thing I look at is the number one indicator that muscle is being preserved mm-hmm. or grown. And that's performance. Okay. So when you're losing weight, whether you're losing or gaining, mm-hmm. your performance at the gym matters. Okay. If your muscle gets measurably stronger or more capable, then it probably got bigger. Right. Mm-hmm. Probably got bigger or at the very least maintained its size mm-hmm. and you acquired skill for that movement. Okay. So performance is the first thing I look at. Right. When somebody's losing weight, I see their skill going down and I also look at the performance in the gym. Okay. Mm-hmm. And make sure that they continue to try to progress their performance. Okay. The other thing I look at is weight loss rate. Okay. Cause that's somewhat indicative if some of the weight is coming from muscle. Yeah. Right? So I shoot for most people around 1% of their body weight per week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Be lost. Right. If it starts to get kind of way outside that range, we reel them back in. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they get excited. They're like, dude, I lost 10 pounds a week. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like a recipe for muscle loss, dude. Dude, um, I did that last right? year. I fucked up that way. I, doing it slows, like probably tougher, but it's the best way. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I've done that before too. Um, I think it was in high school. It was one of the first diets I tried, um, and it was like a keto thing. I was probably eating like 1,100 calories a day, and after two weeks, I lost 20 pounds. Damn. Right. Yeah. And I, I felt like a little girl. I felt like I couldn't pick up a, a pink dumbbell. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't look any better. Yeah. Right. Um, because when you lose weight, weight at that rapid of a rate, so much of that weight comes from muscle. How's um How's your brother's progression been? Dude, insane. Yeah. Insane. Because I remember last year yeah. he was um. I mean, he, was it last year that he was just starting off? Like he's no, probably he stronger than me, ago. bro. <laughs> probably. I don't know, but. Dude, he, he probably is, but my little brother, he is strong and he does work really hard and he's been yeah. dedicated and committed, but he also has a propensity for just being great at deadlifting. Yeah. Like he 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 has a talent for it. It's beyond just his hard work, I think. And um, that's to no discredit to his hard work and dedication because he went from rock bottom getting beat up. I know. A freaking bully when he was 12 and he worked his ass off, dude. And he freaking bit the bullet and he had a lot of losses in the gym. And he ate that shit, dude. Mm-hmm. And he continued grinding. He kept showing up. And he fought through embarrassment. He fought through self-doubt. And he worked for that. Um, but being able to deadlift 365 pounds mm-hmm. at 15 years old, weighing like 155 pounds. How much? That three, he weighs 155. And he deadlifts 365. And he's 15. Oh, yeah. He's a that, beast. That's, that's crazy. That's stuff. beyond hard work. Yeah. That's like you worked hard. Plus, you're pretty talented at this. Yeah, that's like, gangster, so, son. Wow. Yeah, that's like, I did I did up to 365. And, okay, I'm, like, kind of known for my deadlift, right? Mm-hmm. Just, like, 
I'm, I'm like I do. I like that you right. do your shit I'm barefoot, man. That's gangster, bro. Yeah, dude. Oh yeah, like barefoot. Okay, so the barefoot thing. I like doing that with squats. Um, I haven't. I haven't done it with deadlifts though. Although I probably should, yeah. at least for sumo. Yeah, you definitely should because what being barefoot allows you to do is utilize the muscles that stabilized your foot and ankle. Mm -hmm. Okay, and a stable foot and ankle inherently creates a more stable knee. That's what your knee is resting on. Mm -hmm. More stable hips. Yeah. More stable spine, rib cage, shoulders, everything. Right. So you're stronger and you're safer. Right. If you have a more stable foot and ankle. And um, when you're barefoot, it allows you to grab the ground with your feet, essentially. So your feet, you, you'll start to see if you train like this more consistently, that your toes start to move like fingers and they start to be able to grab surfaces uh -huh. and root your body into the ground and you feel your feet flexing. Right. And um, barefoot allows you to do that the best way possible. The, the next best thing you can do is uh, be in a very flat shoe, right? Like bare, they make barefoot shoes, but you can be in like Vans, right? where it's a flat shoe. So you can kind of grab the ground somewhat. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, there's a wide toe box, right? A lot of people lifting Converse too. Converse are okay, but it's a little bit more of a narrow toe box. Converse like squeeze feet my feet. My feet are wide. I'm like, I can't, I can't fit in Converse. I'm like, this is crazy, dude. I don't know how people do it, yeah. but yeah, my feet are wide too. And I can wear Converse, but, um, they're not wide enough to allow your foot to really spread out yeah. and grab the floor. Right. And so, Converse are okay, like I say, but Vans are typically a bit better. Mm -hmm. um, skateboarding shoes. Think about why, like, think about skateboarding and how important it is for a skateboarder to be able to maneuver and flex their foot in a very precise way to like mm -hmm. do all these crazy flips with the board and then land perfectly in balance, right? You know how balanced a skateboarder is and what those shoes are designed to allow that skateboarder to do. They allow that skateboarder to impose their foot foot's will on that surface precisely mm -hmm. right and so if you wear something like vans it allows you to really grab that that floor with your foot and stabilize yourself and you become bigger you become stronger and more stable as a result of that that's a hundred injuries that's a hundred percent true because i went to um i went to hawaii last year yeah in the summertime uh yeah, 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 like six months ago. And uh, I went to a luau and there was these kids that literally climbed up the tree in a flash fucking sec. I was like all the way to the top. I was like, holy shit, dude. I'm like, yeah. so this is what we're actually capable of because the again, like it gets callous and then it like kind of grips. I'm like, it just shows how how moldable we are, how we'll just uh, transform to our um, to our surroundings, right? And mm -hmm. then Yeah, hundred percent. And then there's this one thing I wanted to touch on too. Um, I want to say this to people because I don't think I've mentioned this. Probably one of the most underrated things to train is your feet. One thing that I like doing for people is sledding. Underrated trains your fucking feet like a motherfucker, and it's and it's so fucking fantastic for your knees. And like if you play basketball and for like longevity, must fucking do. Like mm -hmm. even for a few minutes mm -hmm. a day, it doesn't fucking matter. But just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sledding. In training your feet and ben patrick knees over toes guy he talks a lot about yes. this and um when he started kind of coming to the forefront you know obviously i have been formally educated in this field i've been mentored personally by actual successful people in real life so anytime anybody comes to the forefront i'm always very skeptical mm -hmm. like is this just some marketing bs mm -hmm. and i've dissected ben patrick's stuff closely that it, he is absolutely not bs he is on the cutting edge of this science right of developing techniques and tactics 
to make the weak, weak links of your body strong, for sure, right, and efficiently and practically get nutrients, synovial fluid, to the parts of your body that need that healing, mm-hmm. right? And so he talks about sledding like every single day, and absolutely, it's a very low fatigue, high, high reward, high right? Benefit, yeah. high benefit exercise that you can do, right? And so um, that's something I practice as well, where when I sled, I, I even sled barefoot too. Oh, that's so gangster. You're legit. Yeah. Yeah. I will literally like start sledding and I take my shoe off and my socks off too. I don't care. It's 24 hour fitness, whatever. <laughs> um, and um, I'll think about putting, planting my foot and grabbing the floor with my toes uh-huh. right? and then I'll push off. Um, but training your feet is something that you can do. You don't even need a sled. You can literally sit at home, like at your desk and have mm. your shoes off and a towel on your feet. And you can scrunch that towel mm-hmm. right? you can scrunch that towel. And, um, that in itself will start to train some of those muscles that stabilize the foot and ankle. And as a result, everything else becomes more stable. Actually, you saying that for the people that are listening that are into fitness, working on the le- the the weak links is so fucking beneficial dude that is what helped me progress even more once i started biking once i started sledding once i started doing ropes just shit like that just fix the weak links and you'll progressively continue getting stronger i'm like i can't believe i slept on that for the longest time dude i'm like fuck yeah. man it's it, stabilizing yourself is fucking amazing dude yeah yeah a lot of people they go through you know the first few years of their fitness journey or whatever and um they don't think about this until something breaks or something feels off Mm -hmm. right and so the way that fixing weak links has been approached in the past has been when it when your shoulder hurts let's strengthen the muscles that stabilize your shoulder Mm -hmm. let's rehab right but what ben patrick is really bringing to the forefront is that you can actually prehab these things right you don't have to wait until your shoulder hurts to strengthen the muscles that stabilize your shoulder you don't have to wait until you need a knee surgery to strengthen the muscles that stabilize your knee right we can do these practical things every day if we want to that keep those muscles strong that keep those joints stable so that we prevent needing we prevent injury and we prevent needing to rehab them Mm -hmm. at all in the future yeah so it's huge i'm i'm big on that already like before anything even happens i'm just like no i want to make sure like i'm functional functionality is mm-hmm. everything man i want to be good like late in my later years or when i'm 80 90 if i got well, i almost said god forbid <laughs> god allow <laughs> i like i make it i was like whoa, whoa, whoa not to myself no like like if god wills it right like i, I like yeah i like i want to be functional dude that's one of my biggest fears i don't want nobody to wipe my ass for me fuck no stay the fuck away from me bro yeah. if my masculinity yeah. is fragile get the fuck away from me right there, dude. <laughs> that's where my leak is at now nah, i'm good bro dude yeah so like man again it's like something people don't think about yeah it's it's a concept with a bunch of things where it's better to have that and never need it than to than need it and not have it mm. right um, and a lot of people just, unfortunately, you know, they think about learning to fight after they got beat up. They think about yeah. stabilizing, being stable once they are unstable and get an injury. Mm-hmm. Right. But you can build those things ahead of time so that you're at lower risk from that point forward. A hundred percent. What's, what's been the proudest thing that you've accomplished since the last year to now? Oh, by the, the way, congrats on 10,000, sir. Dude, thank you. Congrats. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much. I almost much, forgot. Man. I wanted to say that in the beginning, but I was a little too hype, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I think it happened like so, sometime last night, and I just woke up 
this morning. I was like, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It feels good. Um, but dude, the proudest thing that I've accomplished over the last year has been fully aligning my business with my faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I, I've always felt like God has put something on my heart. Mm-hmm. Right. And ultimately this is the faith journey for, for anybody, right. Who, who, who is a Christian is to mm-hmm. point people to Jesus, right. To do things that further the kingdom of God, to live a life that honors God. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I've been able to not only stop being a puppet, but use and act on the courage that God instilled in me mm-hmm. to start talking about Jesus more openly, right. Yeah, being authentic about it, but also implement faith directly into my business, mm. directly into my brand, into everything, and have my brand point to honoring God, mm. furthering God's kingdom, has been by far my biggest accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And as you can imagine, that doesn't just bring a sense of pride to me, mm-hmm. a sense of satisfaction, right, a sense of peace, um, but it brought forth a ton of financial gain as well. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how that happens. <laughs> yeah, man. That's the thing. That, that's one thing that I liked about you, too. You fit into like a certain niche, like literally Christianity and, and health and wealth. Right. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I mean, you're creating your own audience, right? You're, you're creating your own network out of just off of Twitter, man. It's crazy how most people don't utilize social media. Like they, they, yeah. they just become the product themselves. I'm like, you can take advantage of the product if you allow yourself to. You just have to be smart with mm-hmm. it. Right. So, I mean, yeah. I, I think that's a powerful thing to do. There, there are a few questions I had about Christianity that I wanted to get to. Uh, be- yeah. But before I, want, before I get to, like, the better ones, I'm going to start off with, like, a controversial one. Are you ready? Go for it. Ready. Um, are, here's one thing I, like, let's say, like, QAnon, for example, right? Don't, uh, okay. I wanted to see what you thought about, like, people, like, that, do you ever think, I guess, like, the right gets manipulated because of their undying faith? Do you ever, do you ever see that? Because that's, because although I am a man of God, right? I, I don't even know where I'm at, whether I'm Christian or Catholic, but I am a man of God, right? And then I, I take the Bible mm-hmm. seriously, like to heart. So I yeah. don't know where I'm at. I don't label myself because I don't want to stick to one thing in particular. And which is like a tough mm-hmm. uh, personal thing, right? But do you ever think that, that, yeah, like that people manipulate you like the government or anything like that? Because again, QAnon was like a diehard, like fan belief, right? Like, oh, this is like God's plan or whatever, this and that. Obviously not to that extent, but you know. Mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying quite a bit where when there can be politicians or any kind of like outside powers that try to exploit the fact that you value faith and try to manipulate We'll abuse right? the word, yeah. And yeah, they'll, right, 100%. And so the the approach that people have to take if you're truly you know if you're truly faithful if you're truly a man of god right is that you do not follow man any man as as your ultimate authority yeah not even your pastor yeah right you like can't idolize idolizing is this. toxic yeah that's that's idolatry right mm-hmm. and so my pastor literally talked about this last weekend where he talked about some very controversial things, mm. very controversial things. Oh, shit. And he was talking specifically to the, the congregation. And he was like, look, I, I understand this is going to offend some of you. Right. Mm-hmm. But whether you disagree with me or not, the Bible says that it is your responsibility, your individual responsibility to dive into the word of God mm-hmm. and receive the word as it's meant to be and have mm-hmm. that discernment for yourself. Right. So, if you are 
not taking the responsibility upon yourself to discern something that a man is talking about with your faith, right? Even your pastor, then that's on you. That's your personal responsibility. So you absolutely could be manipulated by somebody who tries to exploit your value mm-hmm. of your faith, right? You could 100%, but the responsibility lies on the individual. So listen to what that leader is saying, yeah. right? And have that discernment and have God work in them. That's why it's so important to not just listen to people talk about it, not just listen blindly to what even politicians who are on the right, who might agree with more of what we say, right? Mm-hmm. Say, not even listen to what our pastors say blindly, but to get in the word ourselves, to pray ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And then to be able to have that discernment and determine is what this person is saying of the will of God or not? Mm-hmm. So that that's where I stay on that. Got you. Yeah, because that, that's that's something like I've been like I've seen a lot of people just like blindly like just follow things, uh, and it, it's it's good it's good to follow along. But I'm like the people will people will always ruin a good thing. Like as as kind of sad as it sucks, like people will always take advantage of any opportunities that are present, which is, I guess, brilliant in an evil way, right? And it, especially especially in faith, right? Especially in faith, right? Where you hear like the the story of most people who have been turned off to church. Or turned off to faith mm-hmm. it's like they had about an, an encounter with a bad christian mm-hmm. they had encounter with bad church people mm-hmm. right people who were imposing something on that person that's obviously not of the will of god mm-hmm. excuse me right so yeah 100 people ruin yeah. good things. they always will right? like but it's always like the minority is the majority because insecurity is the always the loudest thing right 100 mm-hmm. percent. yeah so i mean i think at the end of the day it's a hundred percent possible, but you have to take personal responsibility. Mm, you have for sure. to take personal responsibility, right? I guess the the next controversial question I have before I get to like the better ones is: um, Would UFOs interfere with your Christianity or your beliefs? Would aliens no. existence? No. And why? And no, why or so, why not? Because. <laughs> once well, not like illegal I mean, aliens like me, bro. Like you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the motherfucking Martians, <laughs> I crossed it. But hey, I'm yeah. taking responsibility, working hard out here, bro. <laughs> I'm paying taxes, damn it. Let's go. No, I didn't you actually cross for the man. people, like you know. But whatever. <laughs> I, I was, I, I was actually an anchor baby. My parents crossed. So I was good. <laughs> Let's go, man. Yeah. Shout out to your parents for bringing you. Taiki, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. Yeah. Shit. Dude, uh, but no, so aliens would not disrupt my faith. It would, if anything, it would strengthen it. Okay. The reason why is because when you have a deep understanding of God, like yeah. what, I, what I say sometimes is that if you really know God well, you understand you'll never know him completely. You'll never fully understand him. Mm-hmm. If God is so small that our human minds can conceptualize him, he's not a God worth worshiping. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. That's why I almost pity people who worship other gods Hmm. like yeah that's all your god does like congrats on fully understanding him i can i know my god is so glorious it's so magnificent that i will never fully understand him and why why would i be so so egotistical to think that god would detail everything about the universe Hmm. in his word i don't know Maybe there's a reason I can't understand. I can't conceptualize why he would leave something out. Yeah. Right. Like when people say, well, if God is good, you know, why does he allow people to suffer? 
I don't have an answer for that. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that. And why would I understand that? Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm, I'm open to anything, man. Martians come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I see some UFOs, I'm like, dang, that's crazy. You God. see, you see a bunch of Mexicans coming out of UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leading the hell of that shit. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. No, literally like if something, there's a good mindset to have, like we're joking about it, but it's a good mindset yeah. that when something becomes present in your life that you don't fully understand, mm -hmm. remember that it's not upon you to fully understand it. Mm -hmm. right? That's why would we? Right. Um, but yeah, like, dude, in Ezekiel, like he's talking about this vision where he's seeing like this angel with like multiple heads and multiple eyes and like animals and like there's wheels upon wheels. Mm. It's this thing that he can't even imagine what he's seeing. He can't yeah. even conceptualize it. And that's like a really good metaphor for the glory of God, right? It's this thing that's so great, so magnificent, magnificent that we can't fully understand it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, yeah, that, I mean, that brings a lot of peace of mind, right? Yeah. Because when something bad happens in your life and you understand the glory of God and you understand that even though it doesn't make logical sense, why would this person hurt me? Mm -hmm. Why do I have to struggle like this? Why am I in this position? Mm -hmm. You don't have to understand why, right? 100%. All that matters is how you respond, right? And mm -hmm. what you pursue. Um, so yeah, that, it, it would not <laughs> diminish my faith. Okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I was just curious. And then um, there's one thing like about the last few years before like Biden came into office that like there were like diehard, again, the minority is probably the majority, right? So I'm just speaking out of like what I saw like in the previous time, but I have like some friends that are like, that are Christians, right? But they, they literally, like, almost borderline, like, worship Trump. Like, he's fulfilling the prophecy in the Bible. What do you, what do you think yeah. about that? Because to me, that sounds insane. Like, that's where I got to, like, I don't know, bro. I mean, maybe. Like, I'll never close my mind off to anything. But, like, I highly doubt it. Because I'm like, we don't know. We'll never know, right? God is the only one that's going to know. But I don't know. That just sounds really far-fetched yeah. to me. I mean, you have to look at the position that those people put uh, any other figure mm -hmm. right in their mind. Cause we can talk about how right now, like Jesus Guzman and Gabriel Pluges are being used as God's vessel to further the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. right? Without a doubt. That's not like a crazy thing to say. Right. Um, but if people like, even if, even if like my followers, if they started to idolize me, that would be wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. If like what my word was saying, like, let's say I said something separate from the word of God, separate from the glory of God mm -hmm. to, to your best understanding, and you valued that over the glory of God, then that's idolatry, right? Mm -hmm. Over the word of God, then that's idolatry. If these, if the, if something Trump did went against the word of God and you still value Trump over that word, mm -hmm. then that's idolatry. That's not for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so you have to have discernment with stuff like that, where you could say, you know, I mean, I don't even, I don't, I don't know specifically, like, I'm not saying this, but a person could say that they believe that something a politician or Trump did was part of God's plan and, and to further the kingdom of God. You can say that um, and you might believe it, yeah. but if you believe that something he does that opposes God's word is for the glory of God, that's where it's wrong. Mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, I mean, that could be a slippery slope for some people. It could be a slippery slope for some people. Mm -hmm. Did you remember during, like, the, the BLM protests in Washington, D.C., do you remember when he did the stupid, um, well, not stupid, I just say 
because of the context that, that I'm gonna say right now. But do you remember when he like he was crossing the street to get to the church and he was holding like that Bible and he was like shaking it in that commercial, like kind of. I was like, it was just crazy to me because it was like because he went to like showcase God, but he was like tear gassy. That like people were like uh, like beating the hell out of the rioters and tear gassing them. I'm like, damn, that's such an ugly, nasty picture, dude. I thought that was intense, bro. Yeah, dude, like. Dude, you know, Dude, we know one of my favorite things about stupid. Trump said, you know, one of my favorite things about like Trump said, I don't know. I think it was like after something he said about Rosie O'Donnell, he called her like a fat whore or pig or something like that. He's like, I may not be the best Christian. <laughs> uh, dude, I, I don't know why. Dude, that killed me. That dude, anyone that says he's not comedy is out of their fucking mind, bro. He's comedy. Oh, yeah, dude, he's the comedian for yeah. a president and not that i think mm -hmm. he'll like he's the best suited to lead but dude he was comedy he's bro. the funniest yeah hands dude, down the thing is like even when we we're talking about like that that picture you know where, where you brought up it's like yeah like that's not a good look but like if that is bothering you so much that kind of like shows how highly you hold somebody like trump yeah because right? why, why would you be disappointed why would you expect him act like the perfect christian it's like, just it just looked blasphemous like it's just like because it doesn't look like he's sincere about it that's the, i didn't care about like everything else going it's because it, it looked like he was just swinging around for like a commercial i'm like that's dirty like that's yeah. kind of abusing god's word that's what i like saw it as you know i was like Damn. yeah yeah yeah, 100%. yeah and it's like yeah like it, dude like if <laughs> why yeah. are we surprised you know yeah. like that's not Jesus, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's not gonna be perfect. Yeah. It's gonna be ugly shit we don't agree with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Like, I, I think a lot of people replace God with the government. For right? sure. They can say that they, they Remember when they're calling God. Obama the Antichrist? So I was like, I think that's just racist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that. crazy dude. Like that, yeah. right? Obviously. Yeah. Like. Okay, so you're you're what you're saying is that this political figure is now the antagonist to your savior. Yeah. Right? Like the sole antagonist to your savior. Mm -hmm. right? That to me tells me that regardless of what politics we agree on, mm -hmm. regardless of what politics we agree on, you are holding politics over faith. For sure. Right? Yeah. Though like a politician <clears throat> you agree with is your God. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's dangerous. Because like we've been talking about this whole time, people fall short of God's glory. Mm -hmm. Okay, right? Even Christ Christians, even pastors, everyone, especially yeah. politicians, yeah. especially politicians. Dude, oh yeah, they're the worst, man. They're, they're I the think worst, they, right? They're, they're the worst. They probably sold so. their soul to the devil for all. In, I mean, that's a whole other thing, but <laughs> that's that's, all, yeah, that's, that's conspiracy route. I'll say that for another time, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like don't hold politicians so highly, whether yeah. you agree with them or not. And like, I do believe that there are some good, I don't know if good is the blanket term to use for them, but politicians who do good things, mm -hmm. right? of course. For sure. Um, but that doesn't mean I idolize them. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean I see them as the final authority. That doesn't mean that I hold them in this high light and worship mm -hmm. them, right? Um, so that's a, that's the slippery slope for people to go down. For sure. And it's like, it's not like I was saying like, um, how do I say it? Like, like that example right that i was giving was like deterring me from god it i guess that yeah. ties back into where i was saying that 
people will always use good for their evil intentions to manipulate their way. And that's that's what sickens me. I'm like, damn, that's a dirty fucking trick. But but some people believe yeah. it too, you know? Like like for example, right? Like the ivermectin thing with Joe Rogan too. Uh, obviously yeah, yeah. Dude, there were actually some idiots taking the horse team wormer. That's why the left got pissed because there was like one or two idiots that did. And I'm like, but you guys understand there's a human fucking form, right? How are you so dumb? Like, I don't understand that, yeah. right? But it's like, yeah, yeah the minority is the majority. And then just people will always abuse it to how they want it, how they see fit, man. You know? And I think that's. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I like, I don't, I don't mind talking about this. this. This might be a little bit controversial too. Um, but when the January 6th like happened when the, oh, the insurrection from the capital yeah the insurrection um that was one thing that really opened my eyes to like oh there's idiots on this side yeah too. because like these people were so riled up that that was like risking their life for yeah right and man i mean it's a complex issue because you're talking about well what if they believed the government was acting unlawfully i don't know what they believed i don't know what they were thinking yeah but I mean, come on now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you've given yourself up. Like, if that happened on the left, right? Well, it did. The BLM protests in, like, San Fran destroying the did. It did, yeah. Exactly. It did. It was the same level of stupidity and the same level of just surrendering to whatever your political belief is mm -hmm. that motivated people to burn down businesses. Yeah. Right? Now look at you burning, like, breaking into the Capitol and burning some some crap and risking your life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that really opened my eyes and it's always something I was kind of aware of, but that was just like proof. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh yeah, there's, there's idiots on, on all sides too. Yeah. Right. And that's why I do a lot of, a lot of people over here don't fucking like me, bro. Because like, although I agree, like I'm, I'm much more like right leaning, bro. Even then, like mm -hmm. if I say like, Oh, people don't deserve to go bankrupt for having a knee operation. Right. They're like, you fucking socialist. <laughs> I'm like, do we not have a fire department? Does that make me a socialist, bro? I'm oh like, my god! Like, and then the left yeah. is like, they don't like me because I'm like anti the whole cancel culture. I'm like, you can suck my fucking dick, bitch. Like, I I do not care, yeah. dude. Like my my TikToks are basically misogynistic content, but I do it for the exposure for the podcast and everything, right? Like I joke, right? Yeah. Like obviously, as you know me, people that like actually You're know joking, me yeah. are like they understand me. They listen through the podcast, and thankfully, because of that, I've been getting like thousands of downloads like per episode, and that makes me like fucking happy. Yeah, but it's like so. it's not. Not like i'm serious bro like there are some people like i think i said something along like the lines i called like i think i said something like i call a six-year-old gay or something or a faggot i don't remember <laughs> and then some people are like we're above that you can't be saying that in 2022 i'm just like shut the fuck up you libtard piece of shit yeah, yeah. like it just triggers yeah. me bro but it but it shows yeah. how one-dimensional like i like I, it bothers me but it doesn't because it shows how one-dimensional people are because they think what you see is what you get, but that's a reflection of them because how one dimensional they are, you know? And like, I'm like, that's how yeah, bland yeah. you are because that's how shallow and you're not more of a deeper person than you should be because you've been so brainwashed and programmed by the system. You're the sheep, unfortunately. People don't like the truth, but it yeah. is what it is, right? Yeah, there's sheep, like 100%. There's sheep on yeah. all sides, right? <laughs> it's and, like, yeah. I said that, but like, I was like, fuck, I don't go fuck. Yeah, like, yeah. Who, who cares, right? But like again, you're speaking to like how some people their their ultimate understanding of like how a human should function is their favorite politician. Mm -hmm. And so when they see something outside of that realm, mm -hmm. like you making these hilarious jokes, <laughs> yeah. they can't understand it. They can't conceptualize it. Yeah. Like, how is that possible? Right. Um, but yeah, like regardless of your politics, 
politics should definitely not be your top value, mm-hmm. like your political leaning, right? It should be downstream of your values. Your values should influence your politics and your, right? Mm-hmm. Your politics shouldn't influence your values. Mm-hmm. That's where people go wrong. That's where people blindly trust politicians. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. I think it's a fool's game to be like, they're the worst of the two evil on both sides. I'm dude. I am like, do you know Michael Malice? No. Okay, you should look him up. He's pr- actually he's pretty damn good. I think they might have taken some off his Spotify, but you could still probably find it. But either way, he's like a both the left and the right's fucked. Overthrow the system, burn it down. I'm like, I kind of agree with that. I kind of, I know it's controversial, but I'm like, and I'm not gonna be the one to join the revolution. I'll let other people do it because I'm a pussy when it comes to that. Well, because I know I'll get annihilated by the fucking government. <laughs> but I, I do believe in the system. But I'm like, but I won't back it. That's something I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's corrupt, bro. I, I don't, I, I don't know what else people can say. Choosing, oh, but the, it's not Trump, right? At least we can help us or whatever. Or Trump, cause fuck the left, right? I'm like, it's not one or the other. I'm like, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's like you have to have discernment with it. Because, right? well, but you know why I say I that, though, really quick? Sorry to interrupt, but I'm like, America is not the same America as which was founded on it. Because I love America, but the old America. And we're still great, but it's like the values have been twisted and manipulated because we can't even speak anymore. Freedom of speech was one of the most popular things out there, right? And now we don't even yeah. have that. And that's why I'm just like, hmm. Yeah. I don't think we could fix it, yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I have no clue. And yeah. like, the, the way that I look at it is that like, regardless, again, whether it's like left or right, you mm-hmm. have to analyze like, do are these people doing something that works towards like my top values? Obviously, we can talk about this, but like mine, mine is my faith, right? And so, again, left or right, that's how I'm going to vote. Mm-hmm. Whatever I see furthers my values, mm-hmm. right? And that doesn't mean that people who I vote for a hundred percent further my values, mm. right? They definitely don't. But um, maybe it's a little bit more than the other option, mm. and so that's probably who I'm going to vote for, right? Mm. So I mean, obviously, the decision's kind of easy. Yeah. <laughs> Where we are, I just I, I don't even vote, bro. If any, I had a choice, probably like Tulsi Gabbard. If I had like you know, but like even then, I'm just like it's just I don't want to like play into the game, bro. But all right, yeah, let me get... it's weird. It's a weird balance. Like if if you don't mind me commenting on this, because yeah, like I've I've heard I've heard that opinion from some people who I respect a lot, like mm. this, including yourself, where it's like um, yeah, you know, like your vote it doesn't really matter. Don't want to play into the system. I think it's I, rigged, I bro. <laughs> I think it's rigged. I don't know. Like yeah. personally, I don't know. I don't know if it matters. I don't know if it has an effect. I don't know if it's rigged, but um. I mean, in Florida, like, you know, people talk about how Florida is this, it's, it is this free state. It's like the best place to be on earth. Right. And that's true. It is. Oh, you had the best time during COVID, huh? Bro, I was fucking locked up, bro. I thought I was in jail, son. I wanted to have moved to Florida, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And so exactly. And like, so the way I look at it is like, whether or not it's rigged or my vote counts or not, Mm -hmm. I don't want to risk it counting and having not my vote count yeah. and then having us turn to something like that yeah and people don't understand that florida itself is like very close to a purple state it's really not a red state right it's super mixed if you look at like all the voting it's very very close all the time mm-hmm. right and so i'm not taking that risk personally oh, oh well you're swing. well i guess for me it's different because it was we're guaranteed to be blue so like I, even either yeah, way yeah. but even then that that goes to like my underlying belief that like it's rigged i do think trump had a point remember when he said like all these fucking votes spiked i'm like 
I think I think there are people that have higher interests that have like a set agenda that they're not. Yeah. Again, I do believe this. I, the right overuses this, but there's a lot of truth to this. Chestnut checkers. I'm like, I think they see pretty damn long term, and then they get what they want done. Because I do believe that money is truly in power, whether people believe it or not. I know it's a dark, twisted like. A lot of people don't like hearing that, but I'm like, but I truly do believe deep down that's like no, where the system's I don't mind at. You talking know, talking about that either because I think that. And like, I'm not even talking about how like the, the, you know, practical way that the system is set up. I don't know if it's fueled by money. I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously, I think the banks and all, I'm, but like, I don't even know any of that, but I 100% believe that there are dark forces that enter for the, sure. yeah. the institutions world. hundred percent. Like this is, this is written out biblically. Like it's not a question for me. Yeah. Like I know that the kingdom of the world is fueled by dark forces, mm. right? That's why like masculinity, that's why individual thought, that's why freedom of expression, that's right. The right to defend yourself is being attacked so much. And this is written out in the Bible yeah. where when kingdom of the world, they know that their time is short. And so they start to per persecute the kingdom of God, right? Mm. No wonder we're all getting canceled, right? It's, it's, this is going to happen. Like it's 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 gonna happen. I think we're on the yeah. same boat. I think we're trying to build the brand from anti cancellation, but I think it's it's harder. But I think it's gonna be so much fucking worth it down the road, bro. That's what I'm thinking. Like what I'm looking forward to. I'm like, you can't cancel everything I say. Is like, I think I think for Valentine's Day, I said, um, I, I was like to all the gorgeous women out there on like Valentine's Day. I was, that's what you guys fucking get. You should have answered like 350 of your fucking messages, you <laughs> bum assholes. Something like that. Like, I don't care. I'm like, like that's like literally all of my posts. I'm like, that's your goddamn fault, bitch. Stuck up. Like, I said, I'm like along those lines. And I'm like, yeah. but that's literally almost every one of my posts. Like, I do not care. And I'm like, so as long as I build my brand on that, they have nothing. They can't cancel me. I'm building myself off of, I don't yeah. know, like just, you know, anti-cancel culture, I guess, right? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the way that it's going to turn is that, like, we're going to continue to get persecuted and persecuted and persecuted, but eventually um, we will have to build, like, our own separate entity, right, where, like, Dude, we're the... in charge and we set the rules. I think, because, look, like, Spotify, I, I tweeted this out when his, his podcasts aren't getting removed, like, they were supposed to be the ones that stood for Joe Rogan and they removed the podcast stuff and, and people were like, oh, dude. And I'm like, I tweeted something like, we knew this was going to happen. We knew this was going to happen. It's as expected, yeah. right? And if Spotify, who's supposed to be this pillar of free speech, that's how we saw them, yeah. right? Is even they are removing Joe Rogan. Yeah. They were, they were our best shot on this side of things. We mm. have to create our own own literally our own economy mm -hmm. right like uh, until we have our own separate community and economy we're gonna cancel did, did you hear uh Something right did you hear trump's building his own social media right now <laughs> Who? Uh, Trump. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I heard about that. I'm very you know curious. I am i don't know much, but I know it's coming out like fairly soon. It's been in the works for like a hot minute. But uh, yeah, I'm like, I wonder how much free speech will uh, will be on that until the CIA gets involved. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like the success of something like that is going to rely on the amount of revenue that it can generate yeah right because for sure. if it can generate enough revenue then it can literally like purchase the infrastructure to be mm -hmm. able to be self-sustaining like that was the problem with i think it was parlor right that yeah. parlor got like deplatformed yeah, and got it wasn't 
it's yeah and it was because they didn't have the revenue to have like their own like i don't know the technical terms but their own like internet provider service provider or something like that like their own fire whatever the heck that is their own hosting like network oh like the, the cloud people. system yeah yeah like whatever the heck that is they were hosted by these less leaning institutions yeah right and so unless you, we can host our own it's going to continue to happen right so it's really important for like whenever for people who value freedom of speech and who value freedom of thought who value truth period mm -hmm. if we want to succeed we have to be economically savvy right mm -hmm. it's our moral duty to market ourselves well to speak well to message well and to be able to sell to be able to provide value to the world mm -hmm. right? it's not valuable enough it's gonna fall right mm -hmm. like literally think about this my business is essentially run on twitter right and if i can't generate rev uh, the equal or more amount of revenue on something like a gab or a parlor i can't leave twitter mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. like, like we have to make sure that when that's set up, it's equally as valuable, if not equally as valuable to the users, if not more, right? mm -hmm. or else it'll fall. Have you ever thought about? I know you might not like this. I think. Have you ever thought about diversifying onto like TikTok so that way you have like two different ones? Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like that is right now. My my main focus is still Twitter for sure. Just oh. gr growing that. Like it's man. Like part of this entrepreneur is just determining like where does my time go. Like a hundred percent. It's mm -hmm. every second of my day matters, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is like hugely important to me, being able to have a conversation with somebody who I find valuable, mm -hmm. right? And so like I'll I'll push off something for this, but um right now, up to this point, diversifying social media hasn't been a big lever for me. Mm -hmm. I'm maximizing Twitter, which is why I'm doing well on it. Mm -hmm. But that's absolutely a lever that will be pulled in the future, will be diversifying on different platforms. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, because I think um, so. There's there's TikTok and then there's YouTube Shorts. Have you heard of YouTube Shorts? So it's a, yeah. it's the same thing. So what you can do is, um, I guess let's say for example, you just post on TikTok. You can post it on YouTube Shorts. I think the the bigger opportunity is on YouTube though, because that's been pushing like I've been getting like two hundred thousand views on YouTube like easily, and I just like off of small like I have like over like twenty thousand followers on on TikTok, right? But on on YouTube, mm -hmm. I don't have much, and I'm like, imagine I had like five thousand, ten thousand fucking subscribers, dude. How much like because it's it's, yeah. it's it's still brand new, right? It's still it's still an infant, although TikTok might be a child because I still think it's early. I'm like, there's opportunity there. Um, so I don't know. I was just thinking about it. I, there's something I'm gonna tell you after the podcast about YouTube Shorts, like an easy way, so that way you don't have to like think about it twice. Uh, I'm not going to say it on here because I don't want other people to take advantage of it because it's been working for me and but whatever um, um, before they get saturated, you know, but I guess I'll get to the Christian question. Then I'll let you go since I again, I appreciate you being, being yeah. on here. Um, I, wa I wanted you to explain to me uh, God calls upon the unworthy. So that was a tweet that you posted like I think a day or two ago. Um, and then another thing too, I was like, "What are your wins and your future wins that that you're gonna like hope to achieve like through that route through through Christ through God?" So God called upon the unworthy. That tweet that I put out. I think there's a little bit more, like probably mentioned that tweet. There was but yeah. the message that I'm trying to communicate is that it, it kind of stems from my story of when I was feeling called to have my business fully aligned with Christ mm -hmm. and just start talking about it publicly, start aligning that with how I coach everything. Mm -hmm. And I I felt like I wasn't worthy like literally this, this is what i told zach home i was like dude i don't i i'm a sinner like i've sinned so much in my life mm. i've screwed up so much in my life i still mess up i still sin 
right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm worthy enough to talk about this. And he told me the story of how King David ordered to have his best friend killed, right? Killed. Mm-hmm. Or first, sorry, King David literally banged his buddy's wife, right? Jeez. Like, right? And then got her pregnant. And for fear of his best friend finding out, he ordered to have his best friend killed, all right? Yeah. And he was explaining to me how jacked up of a story that was. Like, how how bad was King David? How how effed up was his past? How bad did he mess up? And God still used him. God still used him to write part of the book of Psalms. Same thing with Paul, where Paul's introduction into the Bible was literally watching a Christian get stoned. Mm-hmm. And then that inspired Paul to be literally the first Christ, um, terrorist against Christians, mm-hmm. where he was having people murdered. <laughs> and Paul wrote most of the New Testament. And I'm like, dude, your past is not too effed up. Right? God calls upon the unworthy, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't think that anybody should ever feel like they have screwed up enough that they can't pursue the, the glory of God. Mm-hmm. that they've screwed up too much and this kind of comes back to the power of authenticity as well where it would almost be harder to lead someone if you were this perfect person who couldn't relate to them mm-hmm. right like being relatable is really important <clears throat> in terms of being able to influence and lead right and, and so i think that's why and i think i'm sorry to interrupt but i think that's why you're gonna go very far you're like i like not to suck your dick but to suck your dick uh <laughs> like you're extremely like no like but this is serious like you're extremely charismatic and like again you have that passion you've had since last year to now and i think that's why you will fucking succeed bro you have that yeah, drive. no it's not it's not that motivation like that video you posted you don't have motivation you have that consistency and that's everything bro yes Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's so important. If you feel like you're called to lead people, if you feel like you're called to relate to people, mm-hmm. you have to be able to be authentic, right? Like when I, I posted something the other day where it was like, um, it was, it was a tweet about my girlfriend. It was like, she stuck with me when I messed up when I was on my rock bottom, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Someone commented, like, if you don't mind me asking, what did you, what do you mean by messed up? I just listed off all the worst things yeah. I've done. I was like, I mean, the porn addiction I had, the anger problem I had, I used to suppress my emotions, yeah. right? Like God, I, I fully embrace like, dude, God calls the unworthy, man. That's why I'm in this position to be able to speak to you guys and help you solve these problems that God ultimately mm-hmm. was able to work within me and solve for me, right? Um, so that's what I mean by, by God calls the unworthy. So how did God help you escape like the porn addiction, the anger, the suppressing your emotions, the drinking, how did he help work your way out of like that degenerate into like the man that you are now? Okay. So the way that God helped me escape that was by allowing me, by working in me to fully understand the glory of God. Uh Okay. The glory of God is not just that, my sins are forgiven and, you know, he died for me and, you know, you you don't have to suffer in hell for eternity. (laughs) It's much grander than that. It's much grander than that. It's the fact that he is going to work in me to not just allow me to, to get the things I want, but all the blessings that he's promised beyond what I can even imagine. Mm. Right. So, (laughs) excuse me. When I f- began to fully understand that it's not just that God is good and God, like died, Jesus died for my sins, but that God is, is this all consuming glorious fire. Who's in relentless pursuit of my heart. Mm. 
then it started to pull me closer and closer towards him. And that doesn't mean that I've never struggled, right? That doesn't mean that I was perfect on the spot, yeah. but that means that my, my relentless pursuit to the glory of God is unending now. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what's the best thing that you've learned or, um, since being on like a Christian journey? Like, what are you asking? What's the most like impactful thing? Yeah, okay. I do have an answer to this. Uh-huh. So the answer to this question is that the strength of your faith is determined by how well you understand it. Mm. The strength of your faith is determined by how well you understand it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you look at like the average person, they, you know, they're born, whatever, let's say their parents like bring them to church, mm-hmm. right? Like my parents did. What you're taught as a little kid is, you know, God exists. God is good, right? Jesus loves you. Yeah. Right? That's your understanding of your faith, right? And you take that with you. And let's say you don't learn anything past that. You become a teenager and like something bad happens to you. Your buddy backstabs you. You don't make the football team. Your girlfriend cheats on you. Your your dad is sick, right? And if you only think and know that God is good, that's it. That's not good. Mm. Something bad just happened to you. So is God not good? Right. I thought God was good. Why is this bad thing happening? Yeah. Right. So your level of understanding is not enough to confront that problem. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so you're either dissatisfied, you're disappointed, or you lose your faith. Like, this must not be true. Something bad happened to me. So God not, must not be good. But if you continue to understand that there are God is all good and all loving and all sovereign, but that doesn't mean bad things won't happen. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't understand it, like we kind of talked about earlier, then that your faith won't break when something collides with it, right? The more and more you understand God, the bigger and bigger problems that your faith can tackle, essentially. So it's important to continually strengthen that for, for the, till the day you die. Right? This is why Christians don't just read the Bible once and call themselves all good, mm-hmm. right? This is why <laughs> Christians don't even just accept Christ and say, like, I'm good, right? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm saved, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Salvation isn't just the fact that you acknowledge Christ exists and he mm. died for your sins. Salvation, really under, like receiving salvation, is this constant pursuit to understand and know God closer and closer and, and chase that relationship with him. Mm. Right? And so realizing that has been the strongest thing because it not only encourages me to continue pursuing God, but that strengthens my faith. So when more and more <laughs> effed up shit keeps happening in my life, which it will, right? Mm-hmm. It absolutely will. I'm able to handle that because of the strength of my faith. Does that make sense? How has your faith been tested? The first way that my faith was tested was as a teenager with my dad. Mm-hmm. Right? Because my dad was the person who introduced me to Christ. He was my father. He was supposed to to love me and be all good. Yeah. Right? Um, and when I, um, when I started to experience, you know, him basically self-sabotaging his own health, I started to question, you know, why is my dad doing this? Does, does he not love me? Am I not worth it to him? Am mm-hmm. I not worth, is that the, the freaking tub of ice cream worth more than years on your life with your son? Yeah. Uh. Right? Like, God, why are you allowing this? Why are you putting me through this? Mm-hmm. I mean. Do you like, have you abandoned me? Why? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you care about me? Do you, do you know how this is affecting my life? Do you know how this is affecting 
how I can focus in school. Do you know how mm. this is affecting my relationships? Do you know how this is making me feel? What's wrong with you? Yeah. Right? That was the first test. And you know what? When I was tested, I failed that test. I, I, I didn't understand God well enough. I didn't understand how he can allow that to happen and how that would obviously bleed into the success that I've had today. Mm. Right? That's the foundation for sure. the inspiration for it. <clears throat> I didn't know that. And so I, I didn't ever like stop believing in God, but mm. I stopped going to church, stopped reading the Bible. I stopped praying. I was like, you know what? You, you screwed me. Screw you. Right. Mm. So think about like how important it, it would have been at, at that time in my life to understand that bad things can still happen. Right. All, all I knew was God is good. So something bad happened. And so that must not be true. Right. That was the first time my faith was tested. And my faith is tested constantly, right? Anytime something bad happens, anytime something bad happens, why are you allowing this? Mm. You know, why, why are you not delivering the blessing that I'm asking you for? What's going on? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> tested all the time. Um, but yeah, like, I think that's important because I think every, if, if you're Christian right now or you're not, like your faith has been tested at some point. Mm. test at some point right and so if you in those tests if you don't intentionally increase your understanding then it will fall mm-hmm. right if you just question then you're pretty much done for i agree and i think um your faith has a lot to do with <clears throat> the actions in your life that'll lead to your success right like not just us right but for anyone in particular it's all about the habits and it's all about that consistency and if you can keep that consistency going that's going to be everlasting peace right that's going to be your success that's going to be your happiness in this life and i think i think that's really important and i think a lot of people need to hop on that and it's sometimes it's hard i mean i get it right it's hard to pull yourself out of the bed it's easy i mean especially with the pandemic i mean it's easy to get comfortable but even if you oh one of the biggest things i've said before like or one of the best things i've said before is like i know you're like for people listening to i was like i know you might be comfortable and all but use your fear of because a lot of people are scared of failing right use Mm -hmm. your fear of not ever amounting to anything to to override that fear and that's what's going to help you get off your ass that and uh i guess like cheesy affirmations like for me like i i don't like one of the things i had to do like to kick my ass out of like being complacent right was like um being tired has no rent in my head or something like that right like i'm not gonna allow it because i i do i know how cheesy it is i'm not the fucking yeah that bitch that gets like crystals and shit fuck that that's lame shit but i do believe like <laughs> i do believe your mind is so fucking powerful and i well i guess going to the crystals thing right the placebo effect if you believe it that'll actually genuinely happen and if you're so like basically if you're fucking crazy enough it'll fucking happen but if, yeah yeah but if you yeah. think it and you force it upon yourself that'll become your reality and i think that's so fucking yeah. important man those all those little habits are valuable because yeah. they allow you to like we've been talking this kind of constant theme they allow you to increase the understanding of something right? mm-hmm. they allow you to increase they strengthen your understanding of something they strengthen the value they strengthen the belief and so if that belief becomes strong enough it then affects your actions mm-hmm. right? so i think all of those things if you're talking about the right beliefs they're beneficial mm-hmm. right and like yeah we can talk about how cheesy it is it's kind of cheesy right yeah but you know, it would be, yeah, it's cheesy, but it's it's sad mm. if 
you lose your faith. If you lose self-belief, you end up a fat blob because your affirmation was too cheesy. Mm-hmm. Right. I so. agree, man. I think, uh, I, this is, uh, I know it's, it's hard for people to hear, but sexy is boring. It's just consistency, man. You're going to hear me say it over and over again. It's, it's the yeah. most boring thing in the world, but that's what's going to be everything. And as long as you allow it, you know, all right, man. I, I genuinely appreciate your time. It's in a little over two hours, brother. Uh, we're, congrats on the 10K again. Where, where can people follow you? Do you have an Thank Instagram you, too, by the way? I do, but that's not the main place I'm at. Main oh, place wow. is still 100% Twitter. Okay. At Gabe Luguez, P-L-U-G-U-E-Z. Um, yeah, that's the main spot. Awesome, brother. Uh, again, thank you for your time. Uh, I'll talk to you later, man. Awesome, brother. All talk right, soon. peace.